Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast episode 144 for the week of September 13th, 2010. I'm your host, Chris Privet, here back from a two week hiatus. Or was it a week and a half? Or it was a weekend of something. So we're, we're Ten back. Days? Ten days. I went to PAX. I went with Michael and I went with uh, another guy who's on the show right now. And you'll be able to hear from oh, him in gee, a minute. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but first, I've got people with me. First, Anna Marie Neufeld. Hello. And Emmanuel Marino. Remember Reach. Remember Reach, yes. And Phil Willis. Salutations, felicitations, and jubilations. Used it before, but it's an oldie and a goodie. And finally, Mr. Ed Walker, special guest. I don't know what's so special about it. You went to PAX with me. I did. So you're special. That's all it takes. We don't have a high standard of specialness here. Uh, High five. High five. Nice to meet you, Ed. Welcome to the team. Welcome to the team. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, you know what's actually really scary? I'm the one that hired Fox. I hired him for media. Mm. That was 2001. I got hired into media in 2003 by a guy named Yeah, but Viper. I wasn't the head of the I wasn't the head of media at that point. And it wasn't even the media department at that point. It was actually the head combined news and media department by the time you were hired. No, it was we'll just media. Combine our powers. Was it? Yeah. Okay. I thought we combined I was, it. I was it, it, that happened later. Okay. Anyways, site history. Site history. Yay. Oh, it's been a long time, everybody. I had to get a show together this Monday night just because it's been so long. I missed you all. So I wanted to give you guys something to listen to. And, and we uh, be- missed you. Yes. And we also went to PAX, and it's better to get that stuff earlier before everyone completely forgets about it and doesn't care anymore like they already have. So, Well, of course, we're going to we're gonna have to compete with TGS. Who's going to care about PAX? <laughs> That's a good point. So I got to get all- this up like tonight or else. It's all about being you know, fashionably... Late. Fashionably Ish. very tardy. <laughs> Heck, I've still got photos to put up that Ed took and another video interview that you see on the site. So um, I guess we should tackle it. PAX. That's you no still feedback this put week. Those up? I still haven't put those up, no. Because okay, so, they're only going up on the Facebook, so it's not that difficult. So I wasn't at PAX, but my one impression of the show was Duke it. Nukem. Yeah. Uh, that is, you know, of all the things that I regret from PAX is I regret Going in on Saturday morning mm-hmm. and not going there. I told you. I brought you over there. And you said, eh. No, we went to BioWare on Saturday We went morning. to BioWare. First thing, we went to Dragon Age 2. And then I dragged you over. Let's take a look at how Duke Nukem is looking for the line. And it was a bit long. But it was nothing like it was later in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see, that, 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 that's the challenge. Because I wasn't there on Friday. So I didn't realize, you know, the, hour, the, the line was going to be like... Six oh yes, hours long. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we could have really gotten in, up, kind of. I did. Yeah, we could have gotten in by just waiting for like two or three groups, and uh, but no, we we yeah, skipped it. No. So we, we missed stuff. the Duke Nukem thought. But you know, the good thing about this Duke Nukem thing is it sounds like it's going to be out in just a couple months, right? So um, yeah, but you know, then what? What are we going to use to compare? You know, delays against delays now. against. Oh yeah. Yeah, now that this is gone, now that Duke Nukem has come out or will have come out soon, I guess, I guess we'll just have to compare it to like Half Life Three, uh, two episode three. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah, I guess Half Life Two episode three is going to lose its, you know, subtitle of Duke Nukem Forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. <laughs> 
Oh man! So, so, so how, how about how, the RPG being, stuff that you actually? No, no, I, I got it. The Duke Nukem was such a big thing. I, I didn't expect it, and then like people are like pointing it. It was right across from the the booth that Michael was working at, and it was like, what the heck's going on? Oh, there's Duke Nukem, and I didn't. It didn't even click to me. It's like, oh, there's Duke Nukem again, and it's like, no, no, that game was dead, and then it was alive. So Manny, for you. Uh-huh. How, where were you when you first heard that Duke Nukem was not only alive, <laughs> but there was gameplay? I was thinking, what? Gearbox? I thought they did well with Borderlands. Why are they being punished with this? <laughs> that seems to be the universal reaction is like, why can't Gearbox go do something of their own making instead? <laughs> right? Yeah, but yeah you know, like, of, I would have loved of, a new Duke Nukem game by Gearbox, but... Of, no, yeah, I of the companies that they could have handed it off to, it that's well, the, it, it wasn't handed off. They bought it. Well, yeah, but they I mean, chose the... like this is Randy Pitchford or whatever said. You know what I can do? I can make a lot of money with Borderlands Two. I'm okay with that. Or, you know what? I'm going to buy Duke Nukem. <laughs> that sounds like a winning proposition. We'll have RPG elements. Can you level up your your stream? Your coolness. So <laughs> Yeah, your stream. That's terrible. I haven't even looked at the little teaser trailer that came out. I just don't know that I care that much. It just would have been cool to see actual gameplay from the fabled Duke Nukem forever. Eh, all right, screw Duke Nukem. So PAX was awesome, as usual. For people who don't know, Penny Arcade Expo, put on by the folks over at pennyarcade.com. They do a gaming expo where you can go in. There's a show floor where there's lots of video games, kind of like E3, only the show floor hours feel longer because they go later in the day and everyone's really tired. Um... Then there's board games that you can play. There's card games you can play. There's stuff to buy. There's concerts you can go to unless you're a little bit too late, in which case they close off the doors and don't let you in after they start. And if you leave, they don't let you reenter because the concert system was completely screwed up this year. So that's awesome. I get the feeling you ran into this. Yeah. Yeah, that was Saturday night. Remember? They didn't like that. Um, No, because I left. Oh, that's right. It didn't go well. Wait, Um, what did you try to see? Well, Saturday night would have been the night that uh, Paul and Storm and um, Jonathan, Jonathan Colton, Colton were on. But I didn't mm. care about MC Front a lot, who was first, so I was going to go late. Problem is, if you try to go late, they said no. So, fortunately, I met people who told me that they were turning people away before I took the walk all the way down there, because they were off-site this year. It was really stupid. Yeah, well, it was at Royal Hall, which, I mean... As far Sounds as like a good doing... plan, because it's an actual music venue. Yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, a, a venue, that's great. And uh, but apparently they applied venue rules, which aren't so great for gamers who don't care about stupid rules that make no sense. So right, like not being able to wander in five minutes after the concert starts is stupid. Yeah, it is dumb. Like I and mean, like I apparently snapped... it wasn't even full inside. That's no, the, that's like, the insult. <laughs> right, that was the thing about last year. Right, you came out after freeze pop, and I was like, "How full is it in there?" And he's, you were like, "People are still wandering in and out." Because yeah. last year I was uh, a merch monkey for Pull and Storm, so yeah. I watched people wander in and out like the entire concert. Pax, the Pax concert venue has always been like the best thing for me. I love the way it's set up. You just wander in, you wander out. There's an act you don't like. You go out, you buy some merchandise, you talk to some friends, you go buy a soda, you go play a card game, you come back later for a band you care about. It's wonderful. They ruined all that. So, good job. Well, yeah. But <laughs> So, I, I'm basically, I'm in that crowd where I can pine for the old years, and I just need to move on and adapt. But, it just lost its way. There were too many people, man. It was just too mainstream, What was it, man? like 67,000 people this year? Something crazy. Yeah, it was. It's a, a, new, a new record, which every year they get a new record, which is basically, in my opinion, caused by them convincing the fire marshal to let them sell that many more tickets. But, 
whatever. Um, and I should fix this. All right. People in the chat room have been seeing um, a screenshot of the chat room for the past 10 minutes, so I just changed it to the camera. Sorry, people in the chat room. <laughs> so if you're watching this live at rpgamer.com, we, we love you. rpgamer.com slash live. Normally streams 7 a.m. Pacific and uh, noon Eastern. Um, no. 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on Saturdays. Pacific, right now we're streaming you, at 7 p.m. Uh, 7 p.m. Pacific and, uh, and 10, 10 p.m. Eastern. But, Although uh, you tried to convince normal. people that was really 9 p.m. Yeah, I know. Chris, I was wrong. Are, Chris, are you sitting on the ball? I am sitting on the ball. Okay. Look at me bounce on Feel the camera. Feel its energy, my friend. That's right. Are you on the ball? I'm you. on the ball. <laughs> I'm on the ball now. So what did we see at PAX? Is this a view? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, okay. So I'm trying to figure out what we saw at PAX that was awesome. And I just realized that the sunglasses I was wearing earlier, for those of you who are watching the pre-show, wasn't actually sunglasses. They were my 3D glasses from Sony. And yet they looked so dorky. I thought they were my glasses that I, I got to be like a fake Rick, Rick Astley. Go, th- this 3D thing's going to catch on. All right. So what is uh, the PAX stuff? Um, RPGs. What did we see? I, there's so much. I can't even remember it all. There was a ton, wasn't there, Ed? There was. Did you well, see think, any of them? Um, I think two that. This is called a transition, are... Ed. Catch it. Hi. Run with it. <laughs> I'm trying. You just keep drowning me Ed. out. <laughs> no, I'm trying to bail his arse out because he's all, right, all, right. all or, or, or. I How see bail away, Anna. Bail away. That I know for sure the listeners are going to want to hear about is Dragon Age 2 and Torchlight 2. So why don't you start with those? Oh, because that's what they want to hear. We got to tease them. <laughs> See, I can't really say much about Torchlight 2 because I was standing on the other side of the counter because there was no room for me on the other side. No, so I took pictures. No, we're going to hit that, but uh, I-, I can take you through what we saw in order, actually. First off, on sa- on Friday, I started off going over to Sega. Um, and you know what I saw there? You could probably guess. Valkyrie Chronicles 2, which is already out by the time it was at- I was at the show. So mm-hmm. you, all- you all should have purchased and loved that game by now. <clears throat> you better have. Um, my pre-order is sitting at GameStop. I need to go pick it up before they give it away. Um, <laughs> that's a problem with GameStop. They, yeah, that's a, <laughs> oh, I'm sure they already have um, because the pre-order arrived while I was out at PAX. So, yay me. Or the week that I was going or something like that. The, I also uh, got to play a little bit of Fantasy Star Portable 2 and uh, talk to them about it. But uh, this time I got to play a demo where they were doing uh, story stuff. And I didn't get to do that the last time I played a demo of Fantasy Star Portable 2, so I got to see a bit more story. And then, um, it looked like traditional JRPG story, but there was some there was some meat there that I wasn't didn't think that the game was going to have, and it, it made me have a glimmer of hope for this game. Um, in you addition, say meat. does that mean like what someone's father died and you have amnesia? What's going on? Uh, no, I couldn't understand it. It was it was crazy Japanese story where um, some girl's friend gets killed killed by a monster and she transforms into this highly angelic being to to beat the monster away and so there's some story about why she has a dual natured personality you know it's traditional jrpg um, right. ridiculousness so but, it's not know, just go kill the monsters right yeah so i mean something happened um i can't remember what the characters names were because it was a short <laughs> demo but uh you know there's something there it, it feels like an anime story um, so that's good, and you know it's it's online. You can play with your friends like you could with Fantasy Star Online. So that's good too for people who want that back. The the only issue is really that it's on the PSP, right? Is that a death sentence? The Puspe. The Puspe. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Judging by the heavy sighs and silence, that does sound like a death sentence. <laughs> I don't have a PSP, so... You, you can't yeah. even say PSP with straight face. Well, it just no, sort of no, reminds I, me of... I was just thinking this sort of comes and brings to mind is um, how much of a showing uh, Dragon Quest Nine had at PAX, so to speak. Like, wasn't Dragon Quest Nine like a big thing to show because everyone has a DS and everyone has Dragon Quest, but no one's going to walk around with their PSP in Wi-Fi mode or whatever because the battery will drain like in an hour. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the, this is mostly true, yes. The lounge areas for for Nine were just I, I got uh, over 100 people into my inn just by hanging out in the lounge for a couple hours. It was crazy. It was so good. It was like the only time in the U.S. It, it's probably like the largest Dragon Quest gathering there will ever be in this country. It was at PAX, and if you didn't do it, it's over. You've missed it. Might be might be the only place. I don't know about you, but I've been wandering around to EB Games and trying to go to all the events, and I have got nobody in my inn. I've gotten, I got some. I went to one of the events, and I got to like 10 Nice. <laughs> and then I went to PAX and I got like 100. <laughs> it's a slightly different order of magnitude. And I could have gotten more by just hanging out there all day. There were just people hanging out there all day doing treasure maps, trading treasure maps. Um, as the con- convention wore on, um, interest died down a little bit. But there was always people there. There was always like at least 20 people just sitting there seeking. And it was like awesome to see how popular Dragon Quest Nine was among the nerd hardcore. Just needs to popularize itself a bit more among the uh, not hardcore but what are you going to do? That's pretty cool. That's what I'm thinking, because like, with Fantasy Star Portable, even if the online mode, you'll be lucky to play with 100 people in the lifetime of the game. <laughs> oh, uh, so Sega. Back to Sega. Um, I did not look at Yakuza 5 or 3, whatever we're on in the U.S. Yakuza 3 again, because uh, apparently it was the same demo for me, 3. So you beat up a bunch no, of I people. No, I think it's 4. 4? Yeah, Yakuza yeah. 4. Sorry. And then five is out in Japan already. Uh, no, it's going to be going to be soon. And then there's I the. Don't we have a story about end. that? It's title. Oh, that's the, the PSP. I thought the PSP. Uh, who knows? Okay. No, the PSP one's the Black Panther one. Well, isn't there another PSP one that they announced? No, I think that's the. <laughs> that they showed all and the face screenshots the, and from. And this series jumped the shark. Well, it's the, done. the face screenshots came from a PSP one. I thought that we posted on our site this week. No. I don't yeah, because of the new Sonic. <laughs> yeah, well, but no, it's it's Yakuza, Yakuza of the End. It's a it's a PSP title. What Yakuza of the, the End? I, I'm done. <laughs> I don't know what this game is. Yakuza of the oh, of course we link the source of the story, but it doesn't actually link to the story itself. So I can't even give you more information. So, good job. All right. So, um, yeah, let's move on from Yakuza. You know what you're getting there. Um, You didn't need me to play it for you. Uh, So, we went over to Square Enix and took a look at all their stuff. Um, So, I played uh, some Kingdom Hearts stuff. And I would tell you about that, but I'm going to direct you to Adrian. Because he's already got an impression up from Kingdom Hearts. um, What's it called? Kingdom Hearts... Birth by amnesia. Birth by sleep. There we go. He's both impressioned and reviewed it. Oh, he's already, he already finished the review? Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So let's see what he reviewed it, just to, to wrap this <laughs> in a nice little package. Four out of five. So if you are interested in Kingdom Hearts, go get this. And if you are not, just ignore it, and um, hopefully they'll stop releasing one a year. 
Yeah, I actually heard it's surprisingly good. Like three different storylines with three different characters. There's like a good variety of combat. Uh, yeah, it uh, looks nice on the system. I, I do worry about the combat getting really old because there were these flying enemies I had trouble attacking and stuff in the demo. But uh, apparently it doesn't get old for, in Adrian's Well, apparently opinion, by that point so... you get like gliding abilities and you can oh, okay. like, jump and all that okay, stuff. Well, I, I didn't have them because it was the beginning of the game. But I, if you get them later, then that would take care of that. So it doesn't matter. So It almost yeah. makes you wish I was into Kingdom Hearts and Disney. Yeah, I need to finish Kingdom Hearts 2 and read a summary of the terrible GBA game that some people like. But <laughs> What's that sigh for, Anna? I hated that damn GBA game. <laughs> the card, get the card cards. battle. You collect the cards. It was fun. And like then they cards. ported it to PS2, right? And then there were cards in the PS2. Well, no. The PS2 one had a whole bunch of improvements that made it not retarded. Like you couldn't back yourself into a corner sort of idea. Yakuza the End is PS3, not PSP. Okay, well, we call it a PS3 title in our story, Nix. So. <laughs> I think we're just confusing a number of games together at this well, point. Well, I we went should... by our story on our website. I went. I even looked it up while watching. And you know what? I'm going to show you guys. Here's everybody in the chat room. You can see. Soon after revealing that Yakuza the End will be the title of its upcoming PSP Yakuza title, Sega has released a few t- pictures of a few supporting characters in the game's cast. Here they are with brief descriptions. Then it's got these nice HD photos that somehow are supposed to be on the PSP. Wow, the PSP looks awesome. <laughs> I was like, well, these are good pre-rendered movies on the PSP, right? No? <laughs> Apparently it's the PS3 game, so that explains it. So Yakuza 5 called Yakuza the End here, and that's why it's got all that apocalyptic stuff in its advertisements. That would explain a lot. But how do we get back on here? Nobody wanted me to talk about this. Why am I talking about this? Let's see. So, how big we, we go back to the things you played at PAX? Well, because totally. I'm trying to find that page. There we go. All right. <laughs> so, um, I looked at Four Heroes of Light, and then I remembered that I played at E3, and it was boring. So, if you're interested in my first Final Fantasy with uh, hopefully cutely written dialogue and um, a slightly different magic system than you've ever had in a Final Fantasy game before, that's the game for you, and it still looks like that's the game for you, but I'm sorry, guys. I'm just not interested in that one. Are you guys interested in that one? Remember the impression I am, but I like simple games. I like oh. simple games? Okay. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Like a bus game, something you play on the bus or the train. Mm-hmm. Not to pay too much attention. Ah. So that, well, see, and since I don't have any commute, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, that means you have to take you your time out. You you just drive yourself. I, that's right. I drive myself, so I can't play a portable system. And when I'm at home, you know, I don't want to play a portable system. That's probably the problem. I'm just not portable gaming guy. So this is for you guys who are and want a very simple Final Fantasy game. Though, yeah. How many of there are out there? You, are you one of them, Manny? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Nix is one of them. She wants simple games. So there you go. So Nick's, so it's for girls, son. It kind of is aimed at, in that direction. You get but to remember the hats. one girl with us at E3 was not impressed. You collect hats. Yeah. Anna, do you like collecting hats? You played The World Ends With You, right? That's a fashion RPG, isn't it? Yeah, but the thing I sucked about was getting my fashion right. <laughs> okay. There were people trading that stuff at the Dragon Quest area, too. So like one guy, I have every single badge. What do you need? And he's just whipping them out. And people like, oh my gosh, badges, yay! And you want budgets? <laughs> nah, they were having trouble because all the Dragon Quest access points were showing up as civvies in the game, which I don't know what that means, but people who play The World's Ends With You probably do. So, really? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. So I didn't realize it'd have some sort of connectivity like that. Yeah. Huh. So 
other other DS games show up as civvies, and the the actual game shows up as like normal people or something like that. So cool. something I learned while in the Dragon Quest Lounge. Uh, then the other thing I played at the Final Fantasy booth was uh, something that impressed me a you, lot more. You mean the Square Enix booth? Did I call it the Final Fantasy booth? <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I may as well have because that's what it mostly he, was. Technically, he's not wrong. I, I'm not. I'm not really wrong because it mostly is the Final Fantasy booth with the, with like one exception that I will get to in a minute. Um, I played some Final Fantasy fourteen. I made a character. I made a little kitty, um, a Mikote in the beta, and this is the first chance I've gotten my hands on Final Fantasy fourteen in any playable form, because um, well, I hadn't had a chance to download the beta and get it going because I was traveling out to PAX before that. Well, so while all you guys were over here uh, getting your beta keys and downloading it, um, I was you know packing and traveling and getting server busy errors. So I made a little well, character. You didn't try. I did try. I certainly <laughs> tried. I failed though. Um, so I, I get to made a little kitty. I ran around a tutorial area. I saw some chocobos parade through town. It looked really pretty. I was impressed with the fact that the battle system seems more action oriented than it used to. It's not really action oriented, but you're walking around and you're moving around a lot more than you used to. Um, and there seems to be in the areas that I was in a lot less monsters that aggro you. I don't think that continues as you get later into the game, but. Um, it did appear that uh, for endgame content play, there's going to be a lot more um, ease in moving frontline people up while other people fall to the back lines and heal than there were in previous games. So it, it's looking like it's going to have a very interesting battle system. Um, and that's all I was able to get from such a short demo, other than a little memory stick that had my character save on it so I can import it into the beta, except that it didn't work. So it was like, awesome. Um Oh, that's nice. They gave you a little memory stick. Yeah, one gig memory stick that says Final Fantasy XIV on the side. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Free. I'll take free. I'll have to ask you about swag after this conversation. I have to find it. Where did I put it? Oh, well. So, yeah. uh, um, So, that was Final Fantasy XIV, but you can go play the public beta now. I've actually been playing it more since then. Uh, Since I got home, I uh, started up a Lalafell. I still Uh, need to get a key. Oh, yeah. You should do that. Uh, it's closing on the 19th. That'll be the last day of the public beta. Um, but uh, I, I lo- I've been logging in and playing a little bit of that. I played a full storyline quest in one of the starter cities. And uh, about three hours of gameplay, and after you're done, um, that's it for quests in the beta. <laughs> Apparently they only have one quest, small quest line that doesn't even fully finish in the beta to kind of show off how they have a, a tying narrative that takes you quest to quest to quest to quest, which was Did done rather well, actually. Did you crystal quests? Um, Oh, the the little, yeah, the mission-based quest? No, I haven't yeah, done... Yeah, the time-sensitive ones. No, I haven't done those yet. That's what I was doing when I was playing, so I quite yeah. liked that. That was fun and challenging. Yeah, and I'm going to get in there and try a little bit of that. I actually want to try some of the crafting to see how that feels, if it's really boring or not. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was a little disappointed that this is their public beta, and they don't have, like, 90% of their quest content in the game. That seems worrisome to me. <laughs> How's that going to go on release? <laughs> but, okay. Well, in in a way, it's it's nice, because, you know... Uh, it doesn't spoil me. Yeah. Yeah. And since it's all storyline based, that's nice. But at the same time, um, what's the point of a beta if you're not testing and refining? They seem more worried about the launch date than they do about the quality of their game right now. That really worries me. But um, we did get an interview with some of the community managers as well as the U.S. producer of the game. And we've got that up on YouTube at youtube.com slash rpgamer, D-O-T-C-O-M, rpgamer.com, spelled out. So go check that out, and you can uh, see us uh, interview Sunday. And uh, I'm sorry, the other guy's name is blanking on me at the moment. But uh, we talked to them about the community and the fact that they're not going to have official forums. 
they're going to promote um, community sites to spring up and they want you to go to forums on those sites. And they're talking about what they, what they're going to integrate with the web as far as link shells and all that sort of stuff goes. And uh, so Michael, Michael grills them a bit on that. So go check that out. Um, and then I walked over in the Square Enix thing. And this is the last thing I have from Friday. I checked out um, Wakfu, which is, <laughs> so this is weird. This is, um, anybody remember an MMORPG that's free-to-play called Dofus? Yep. Looks like Doofus, but it's only got one O. It's French. Yep. Um, well, this is a, this is basically the follow-up to Dofus by the same company, but Square Enix is going to publish it in the U.S. It takes place, like, hundreds of years later, and, uh, it's got a different fighting system, and the battle system for Wakfu is tactical, so you will engage a, a random enemy running around in the world, and then you will um, zoom in, and you'll be on a tactical grid-based map. And you can move forward and attack, and your facing and stuff matters, and all that and all that stuff that you're used to mattering in tactical games. That'll be your battle system in this MMO. And you can battle with other people, or you know, so get in a party or whatever, and, and and you'll have to coordinate your attacks and stuff that way. And so it's that's that's its big claim to fame. And you can also grow enemies in the ground, which was weird. And um, I, I, I kid you not, I literally grew up sheep and then killed them for meat um, by planting seeds in the ground. You monster. I, I was a monster, but I had to serve both the dark side and the light side of Wakfu. That's not what they called it, but that's basically what it was. Um, and they were teaching me the, the story and what how you can pursue different paths and stuff like that. And, uh, I don't know. Go look up Wakfu, W-A-K-F-U. It's not coming out anytime soon, it didn't look like, so... Um, but if you're looking for a, a free-to-play MMO with a very different battle system, Wakfu looks like it could be it. Um, bring in some of that tactical RPG action. Everyone wanted to say it was like Final Fantasy Tactics in an MMO. No, it's not like Final Fantasy Tactics. It doesn't have that feel other than it is definitely a tactical grid-based game. And if your only experience with that is Final Fantasy Tactics, sure, you're going to think it's Final Fantasy Tactics. But um, it's more of a general tactical RPG in its battle system. Um, it probably doesn't bode well for me ever trying it. Why? I, 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 I am one of the. Oh, you don't like tactics? Freaks that hates tactics games. Yeah, you probably don't want this one then. No, because <laughs> that's the whole battle system. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, and I, I can tell it's putting the rest of the people to sleep here. Wow, that's a problem with recording late, I guess. And <laughs> now I just I don't have any frame of reference. I didn't play. Whatever that game was, you Wack Foo W A K F U. Go look up some videos of it. <laughs> Wack Foo, and uh, Noodle in the chat rooms asking if I pick the sheep from the fields. Well, no, they grow themselves, and then they get out of the ground and they walk around on their feet. They're sheep. Yeah, they're sheep. But they, you just you can ruffle through their fur and collect seeds and plant them for new sheep. It's very weird. Yes, that is. <laughs> it is very strange. Um. So uh, Saturday morning, Ed and I, you went. We went to Dragon Age Two. Yeah, we did. So, so what did you think of Dragon Age Two? Did you play the first one? No. So you didn't have that as a frame of reference. So this was very different. It was much more action based and console style of a game because they were only showing off the console version. What did you think of what you played? You know, it it, it was kind of funny because Chris played first, and uh, the way that they're doing the yes. the the story play is you it's you're telling the story and then you know the first time through is um you know the sensationalized and so chris was playing through it and he hears a thing and then a whole group of 
enemies just kind of explode in a red mist. And so then... I use a spell, and it basically blows up all the enemies I target. Um, so the narrative is told like um, it, it's they they compared it to Princess Bride, where you know it was a grandpa. That, the whole movie was a grandfather reading a story to his grandson. Well, this is like that. It's like somebody telling a story well after it happened. So the first moment of the game is told in an exaggerated style where the characters are like superhuman and they blow everything up. And then, and then bullshit is called. She, the, yeah, she actually, that's actually what she said. And then she's like, tell me what really happened. And so, Ed, what really happened? You yeah. grind your, I was just, you know, grinding your way through the enemies. Uh, because the first time, like, I, it I ended with describe. a dragon attacking. I, you and I know, stuff. and I'm like, and it's like that didn't happen. <laughs> but the but it was so much awesome, and then and real life sucks. Yep, <laughs> as Dragon Age tries to teach you again and again and again, real real life is not so glorious. So it tells the story <laughs> of your main character as they escape with their family from Lothering, which you if you remember from the first game is destroyed really early on in the story. So this is. Your your character starts in that as a little side point in the first game, and then goes off and branches off. Um, and yeah, so the, the the combat though was was very action based. So you're running around using abilities, waiting for them to cool down, and then you use them again, yep. right? Um, and then you had some abilities that cool down a lot faster, and then some stronger spell abilities that were harder. You could switch between your melee fighter and your and your spellcaster, right? And yeah, uh, the. I kind of sucked at doing that, but... <laughs> but you could do it. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, it didn't feel like Dragon Age's combat system at all. Like, not in the slightest. It was a completely different combat system. Though, I guess if you played the co- console version of Dragon Age, it'd feel closer. But still, it, it's very different. It's meant to be more action-based. But even in the sensationalized version of the story, it felt boring to me. Like, the combat felt very boring. Now, I didn't know... Was the combat interesting for you in the more in the more realistic, like, this is more challenging version of the story? Challenge, you know, slightly, you know, a little bit more challenging, yes, because uh, the fact that, you know, one shot didn't just cause a group of them to explode. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have a very good frame of reference. Well, I mean, have you that. ever played like Devil May Cry or any good action-based game or um, action RPGs that you that you appreciate? Something that you can compare it to that you you like? Or don't? here's where you're gonna laugh at me. No, okay. I have no PS3. I have no 360. Oh right, right. So this must look really good to you then, <laughs> right? Yeah, because <laughs> the graphics look like crap to me. <laughs> Because I was compared, they're like that. You're gonna if you played this on the console, you're gonna <laughs> if you play this on the PC, you're gonna think, wow, the graphics look a little bit better. If you played this on the console, you're gonna be blown away. They actually said that because they were acknowledging how crappy the graphics in the first game looked on the consoles. And I, you know, I looked at it. And I'm like, yeah, this looks like an older Xbox 360 game. That's great. I don't think they're there yet with the graphics. Um, so gra- graphics, what, gra- honestly, graphic wise, I mean the. You probably we didn't saw care. worse yeah. there. Yeah. We, we saw uh, we, worse at, at the event. <laughs> Two worlds. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> we, we're going to get there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know. It, it's. Uh, what do you think, Manny? What were you going to say? Well, I'm just thinking that 
I played the first Dragon Age on consoles, and I really didn't care about the graphics because I was there for the story and the character interactions. And that I looks mean, like me- it's there completely. Right. So that that yeah. that has come over well. And I actually appreciated the the writing and the voice work that I saw so far. All right, then you you answered the thing that like the most important to me. Yeah. So I, I think if that's all you care about, I think you're going to get it. So um, for those of us who are kind of like they like how. Dragon Age 1 was a throwback to Baldur's Gate 2. I'm kind of hoping that the PC version isn't changed too much. Unfortunately, they didn't have the PC version there, so I couldn't I couldn't try it and verify how much it's being changed for the sequel. So uh, nothing I could do on that for you. I have a question. So the comparison is this is more like Mass Effect than uh, Baldur's Gate, right? Uh, so, no, I like Mass Effect's combat. Well, okay. Yeah, I, mean, I guess like I, don't, I don't like the combat system they chose, but in, the, in that it's more action-based, yes. So the, and the, even like the storytelling, you have a set shepherd or what's his name, Hawk. Um, Hawk. in our version, it was a girl. So you can pick a male or female Hawk. Apparently, yeah. Yeah, can you, you, can, you can also them? pick their you pick their class as well. Yeah, uh, actually, that was, actually, that was one thing is that um, in the presentation that we had, yeah. uh, if I recall, it was the first time that they had the assassin class be playable. Yeah, so recall. you'll be able to choose sex and class. So, mm, but unlike Mass Effect, your the characters' facial features and all that's going to be set. Uh, did we get to pick that, Ed? I don't. I don't remember if I got to pick facial features. It, it was set for the demo. I don't know how if that's going to come all the way into the final game or not. All See, right. this is why we should have done this. You know, like Monday <laughs> last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We were busy doing yeah. something. I don't remember what, though. Probably sleeping. I was tired. Yeah, sleeping, hard. sleeping good. <laughs> yeah, so that I I don't think we could choose it, so I, I don't know how that's going to work out in the final. But uh, it, we definitely had some customizability, so that you know that's good to that degree. At least. Oh, and it's not pulling... Do you know if the game is pulling in anything from Dragon Age 1? Uh, well, yeah, it picks up... After you know, it's it's. No, I mean anything just, that you did in Dragon Age One is that going to be pulled in to Dragon Age Two? Ah, uh, that I didn't. I should have asked that, and I don't think so. Ah, it too didn't. Bad. It didn't sound like it because it takes place. Well, I guess. So what they're doing is they're covering a broad. The reason they're doing it in a in a narrative style where they're telling you a story after the fact is so they can cover a very long period of time. So this is going to cover like a large number of years that happened after um, the whole blight thing happens in the first game. Um, and it's going to cover how, how they deal with it, um, how your character rises to power and becomes a hero, and then how you can deal, how you are going to get involved with and deal with um, the blight at, as, at it, as it stands at the end of the first game. Um, and so you need to, uh, so they're going to be covering a lot of that stuff. And it seemed like so broad in scope. I didn't see that a lot of your individual actions making a big deal in that. But uh, I assume there's going to be plot points that happen regardless in the first game that make it over to the second game. Um, but whether or not your actions carry over, they didn't say that they would. It's not like Mass Effect. doesn't mm. seem. Yeah, I don't, I don't recall them mentioning anything about that. Hi, if you look at the, at the first Baldur's Gate series as a as a as kind of your archetype here um they kind of let you decide what happened in the first game when you were playing the second game like it didn't carry over your save file necessarily um you could kind of just say whether or not you 
remembered a person or, or not just in dialogue trees and it, it wasn't a big deal. So I don't, I don't know if that's what they're going to do here, but I could easily see them writing it like that for whatever that's worth. I guess that's a worthless thing to say. It'd be good to know for sure. Um, yeah. So that's all I know. But, uh, uh, if you're, if you're playing on the console, it sounds like you got a more interesting game in your hands. So that's, that's good, right? Hmm. Yes. Hope show for people. Uh, we and also, that comes out really soon, right? No. That's uh like March that's spring or f- February or March or something, I thought. All um, right, so like 4 or 5 months away. Yeah, so that's not super soon. All right, cool. It's after all that Christmas craziness. So what else you guys check out? Uh Lord of the Rings War in the North. Uh oh wait, don't we know someone's working on that? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like someone we know is, you know, familiar with the game. Yeah. Just, you know, a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah. I went over there um, while Michael was demo- demoing the game. Um, and so I got to watch him play, and he didn't suck. So he, he didn't die in his demo, and that seemed good. I sounded so positive about that. Huh? I sounded positive? Oh, I should be disappointed. I wanted him to die. Yeah, I probably did. But uh, the orc. Could have gotten his head bit off by the. Yeah, the, the troll didn't <laughs> kill him, no. Um, we've got a video up of the of the troll battle in that, so you can go check that out on our YouTube account, and you can see kind of how that looks because they're, they're only showing it off in this three screen mode, um, and you can see how it, how it looks like when you got three people working together fighting against a troll. Um, I did get to go to a special event for that game where they showed off um, some more fights in another another area. So like until now, all the videos you've seen have taken place in a play in just like in the forest, and it ends up in a cave where you fight a troll. Uh, they also showed us uh, the Yetin Moors, which is another area that people familiar with the series will be will recognize. And uh, they don't show any like quest dialogue or anything up in the Etten Moors, but they did show um, the characters going up and and just being in a different environment that looked it looked beautiful. Like the lighting effects and the vividness of the world in this game looked fantastic, and it's gonna be a fun it's gonna be a fun uh, what do you call that hack and slash I guess game to to play around in. It's just gonna look so beautiful, and you're set in the Tolkien world, so that'll be great. Um, but uh, they haven't shown much beyond. Uh, beyond uh, the, probably the videos you've seen already, and I know they're gonna put up like the entire. The entire PAX demo, I think, is going to go up on the War in the North community site. Go, go, so go keep your eyes peeled to like warinthenorth.com looking for that if it's not already up. Um, or go look at what the snippet we've got out of it that they, they kindly let us get kind of a pseudo-exclusive on. They weren't letting many people film there. So thank you, WB. It's like we have an in there or something. So um, Yeah, I heard you guys. I read you were thanked on their Twitter feed. Yeah. Oh, cool. Along next to Giant Bomb. Look at that. Going up. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> we are moving on up by getting in by working insiders into all the organizations to get exclusives. That's how we do it at RP Gamer. So if you'd like to join us and then go join a game developer so we have inside access to your games, we're here for you. RPGamer.com. Right? No? Use coupon code RPGamer. Use coupon code RPGamer when you apply to the, your game developer of choice. And they'll know. <laughs> we'll Mind you, we do mind. have a lot of ex-staffers. Yeah, we and do. Even current staffers that have become part of the development side of the industry. So it's a good it's a good starting it's point. Here. It so is. what the what the heck am I waiting for? Yeah, yeah. seriously, I know. chop chop. <laughs> do, do you want an honest answer? <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't know. You don't have one. <laughs> you don't have a polite one. <laughs> I got it. Understood. Uh, as far as War in the North goes, I'm trying to think of uh, interesting stuff to tell you that I got out of the out of the, the interviews there. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of stuff that is just not in stone. That's why this game is like, I, I, they're saying 2011 sometime, I believe, but uh, it's probably going to be late 2011, I, I assume, um, just given how little they've shown of like the game outside of these two areas. And it seems like uh, just talking to developers, there's a lot that they still need to nail down as far as uh, the the online play goes and how people are going to do parties. And there's all these questions like, do I have to be an Race elf? Race class combos? Yeah. Do I have to be an elf, a human, and a dwarf? And it, they know that people want to be able to do like all dwarves and all humans and stuff. But the game at this point seems really balanced around having one of each. So how do you man- how do you find games where everybody wants to be the dwarf or something? So they're working out all those sorts of questions um, and, and figuring out what sort of uh, um, considerations they need to take to, to deal with that. And uh, it's interesting just hearing some of their ideas, some of which they said, yeah, you can't tell people that we're thinking along this line because we don't want that getting out there in case they get disappointed if we don't get it in. But uh, um, they've got a lot of ideas for what they're going to do out there right now. So, you know, they're they're thinking it through and it's it's fun to kind of see the development process as it goes along. But uh, there's a long way to come on this one. And... uh, I hope that the the story and stuff holds up and the gameplay doesn't get repetitive because really both battles they showed us right now, they both involve trolls. So it'd be nice to see them showing some battles that don't involve trolls and look more interesting, but uh, who knows. Uh, Do go go watch the video, though, because the way the troll beats up that dwarf... Oh, that, awesome. that was just awesome. <laughs> Everybody loved that part. So if they got lots of enemies that do stuff like that, that's going to keep you interested in this game. So it, it, it'll be good. So I think if you're a fan of Snowblind stuff, you're, you're not going to be disappointed. But there's still a long way for that game to come. So we'll see where that goes. Oh, Then we uh, meandered over to Two Worlds 2, didn't we? At some point in time. At yeah. some point in time. Later that day. Um, so Two Worlds kind of sucked. Yeah, and they they re- they recognize that they accept that, and they've been working on Two Worlds Two to make it not suck. Um, uh, and I got to tell you, graphically, it doesn't seem they've like they've achieved that. But uh, <laughs> oh dear, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, I wasn't very impressed with the graphics. Um, maybe oh I'm just dear. rather picky because I, well, I don't I play a lot of I these re- games on Xbox. But well, if I if I recall from talking with them, this is their. They they needed to uh, do a 360 version. Oh, that, that was the first don't... game. That was the they said the reason the first one sucks so much is that they were shopping the concept around and nobody would accept the game without a 360 version. Hence, the 360 version sucked hard, and the PC version was better because it was a port that they had to rush out in order to get the game published at all because nobody would sign them to publish the game without a 360 version. This time around, from the beginning, it's going to be developed for 360 and PC simultaneously, and they were very they were stressing that point, that it's very important to recognize that the games should be balanced and equal, on equal grounds for both versions of the game. (laughs) Um, Beyond that, um, it looked like, you know, it's, it's an action RPG where you run around and kill stuff and um, and, I, and I, I, I don't think, know you know honestly I'll say the combat to me was a little bit more interesting and it looked like it had better potential than the Dragon Age combat I saw as 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 there, terrible a thing for me to say as that is it seemed to me like that was more interesting combat because it's a more RPG action RPG system and instead well, of, they had but, a kind of a cool system for their magic oh my uh, gosh their magic system looked yeah. great tell people how that worked well the way it's set up is that you get a, you get a base spell and then you have all these different kind of update upgrade things that you can add on to your spell that enhances it. You know, one of the things that, that he showed us was that, you know, there's a card that you could add. Oh, they're, they call them cards. I 
within the game mechanic, I don't recall how you collect them. But you have these, and, and let's say you have a spell that shoots out a ball of energy. You can have an update to it that when the ball of energy impacts, there's then lightning in that area yep. for a brief period. Then you can also add another card that will make that split off, and actually instead of being one thing going out, it'll be three things go out, and then when all three of them hit, there's lightning in three spots. You can keep you know upping that up. And it was really straightforward. You knew that this was the lightning component, this was the split apart component, and this was the fire component, and it would it combined logically, and you could just customize the spell to do what you want, and it all stacks. Yeah. So you, yeah, if you had, do two of the split apart thing, it splits apart into four instead of just to two. Uh, then they also have like you know uh, ones for I think offensive and defensive, so that um, oh yeah yeah it, yeah that, so like the same know, base spell could either be like a shield or a fireball or something like that, just depending on whether or not you cast it offensively or defensively. And I, if I recall, they're in <laughs> they were actually I think in, in discussions with the Guinness Book because of. <laughs> Literally because of the sheer number of possible permutations. Yeah, there's like thousands and thousands of possible spell results based on this system. So it's like almost impossible for them to test them all, which kind of a scary concept, but uh, they're doing their best on it. <laughs> yeah, that, that part, uh, as far as the, you know, the, I, I didn't get a chance to play it. I was, I was watching. Uh, I, for a lot of these things, I was kind of the... Uh, technical person for doing video and audio and photos and stuff oh but you weren't missing much while playing it really i, I just yeah. ran around in a line and smacked some wolves or something i think but and but, watching michael get lost oh there was a story component and we talk it to some guys who said go talk to this other guy who said talk to this other guy and then said go kill something in the woods and bring back what you get or something like that um so hopefully is, they 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 might need to work on the story component of their game. That might be the weak point for them. <laughs> so I'm very interested in the uh, battle and spell system, but if the story isn't there, it's going to suffer from the opposite issue of Dragon Age, where the story is going to keep you playing, right? So I don't know. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you other than there's some interesting stuff there, and I hope they pull it together. Um, and They really got to get that plot line stuff down, and it'd be good if the graphics got a, a little bit of polishing as well. But uh, yeah. that is that is two worlds two for you, if you've been looking forward to it. So there was a lot of two games. A lot of two PAX games this year. Yeah, um, including Ion two. No, um, including Ion's uh, Ion had its <laughs> expansion pack. Actually, they didn't have a sequel. Um, remember, Where pigs if, can fly. Pigs can. Yes. Oh, is that because that's what Duke Nukem told us, right? You, or, oh, that's right. In in Aeon, they have <laughs> flying pigs as well, don't they? Um, well, that was the thing in Duke Nukem thing. There's like a flying oh. pig in the trailer. That's why I thought of that. Okay. Stay on target, Chris. Stay on, Stay target. on target. So Aeon's talking about its expansion that it's bringing out for free for everybody who plays the game. It's a free expansion. And the big thing is they're bringing in pets. And uh, your pets, including like a little donkey, if you jump off and spread your wings and fly around, your pet will also spread wings and fly with you. But who cares about pets? They're just pets, right? Um, some of well, them were ridiculously cute. Some of them were ridiculously cute. Some of them are very useful. Like like the donkey I mentioned gives you an extra eight slots of inventory or something like that. So that's nice, right? Yeah, they have one that um, would basically alert you if there were enemies nearby. Yeah, one of the issues Michael and I had while playing Anne were leveling and and kind of hitting some 
terrible grind points, and they're trying to address that in this expansion. So they're adding a bu- they're upping the experience levels of quests all throughout the game, um, going back to like really early stuff, and they're adding instances like at a number of set point set areas in the game that you can grind solo without having to wait for a party so you can get experience through that so they're trying to really help help you with the grind and they also wanted to make sh- sure you guys know that there's like a separate dedicated dev team now for the north american version of the game that will help the game be more suited to the american audience instead of the korean audience that really wants to grind forever and ever and ever and ever right so- and you and i had a conversation about this because a, a game that all of us previously played used to have its own development team and when it lost its team it started to kind of suck. Yeah, and we lagged behind the Korean version, and they wouldn't integrate features that the USP audience wanted. Um, that's, of course, Sword of New World. Um, but uh, this one is Ion, and it looks like NCSoft is going out of its way to ensure that the American audience is getting what it needs out of the game. So um, if you've been, if you got turned off to Ion or you got bored with the grind and stuff, this upcoming free expansion, which is coming out like really soon, keep your eye on it. It might make it a viable game for you again. It, it really... It does look interesting, and the promise of the content is there. Um, Michael and I were both interested in it, um, and so we'll see. We'll see where it goes with it. Um, but back to Anna's point about two games, um, there was one much more popular game at NCSoft's booth. Oh my gosh, much more popular! This place was so packed, wasn't it, Ed? Yes. Uh, Guild Wars Two. So who's interested in Guild Wars Two? Oh, nobody. Okay. Well, <laughs> people yeah. at PAX were. Cricket. People at PAX wow. really were. Um, I will say the only thing my, my what might be interested is my wife loves how pretty the characters are. She spends like an hour just playing with the different outfits and stuff and classes. Actually, one I'm, thing that was was interesting at PAX is that uh, Nvidia had a, lar- a very large presence there, uh, demoing their um, 3D gaming. And as I recall, at their main uh, Nvidia booth, they were um, they had on their biggest screen that they were running it on. Uh, they were doing Guild Wars too. I put my 3D glasses on for that. So yeah, it, yeah, it was one of the only times he put them on. Oh no, I mean I just put them on right now. Oh, to listen to you talk about 3D <laughs> gaming. So there was this there was a station here that bugged me at the Nvidia area where they were showing off supposedly StarCraft II in 3D on three monitors or something like that, and they never had it working the entire weekend. Yeah. So know, instead they had Cataclysm in 3D on one monitor. So they had these two monitors to either side that was off. It was very disappointing for the Blizzard games. Yeah, there. You know, it was interesting though to to look at you know a number of the different games that um, were running in 3D. And oh, that was yeah, that was huge monitor with Guild Wars Two on it, right? Yeah, that was the big one. Yeah, but uh, I mean, that was like the biggest uh, LCD TV that exists, or something like that. They yeah. said. Yeah. But I mean, the it was interesting because um, I looked at some of the other. Uh, you know, 3D demonstrations that they had running for games. And, uh, you know, they had one that was running a first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. And they had one running, you know, the big one running um, Guild Wars 2. Which, and, I mean, your eyes are not going to want to play an MMORPG in 3D. I think that's crazy. You're going to give yourself health issues or something. You know, to be perfectly <laughs> honest, comparing, um, you know, playing something like Guild Wars 2... Versus, you know, like they had one that was a, a three monitor station. Uh, I forget which which game it was, but it was a uh, first person shooter. Um, I would have a much easier time playing the MMO because yeah. in in the first person shooter there is so much, you know, just movement, both in you know foreground, background, and all that. That it would pro- if I had played it for a long time, it probably would have given me a headache. 
And I think playing a first-person shooter in 3D is just going to make me dizzy and fall out of my chair. Man, all the Killzone 3 fans are, are just, they're angry with you, Anna. Yeah, because the Killzone 3 fans are really listening to RPG cast. <laughs> Man, I played Killzone 3 in 3D. It was, it added nothing to the experience. <laughs> nothing. Well, I mean, and, and, and at least on the game that was being uh, demoed at the booth, um, there were some things that they did that were just irritating. Like they, they had some, um, you know, like hover things or hovering over or over people that only appeared in one eye mm. and flickered. Mm. Flickered in the that, one eye. That's great. That just sounds horribly uncomfortable. With the blink tag, it was like HTML came back and blink oh, tagged God. you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it, you could it's, do it. Yeah, mm. I could see one. You know. It, I don't know. Part of the problem is that 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 I noticed when when looking at them is if they were doing a lot of turning, they uh, render stuff really close as well, and so you get stuff that appears really close, you know, far away, and the stuff would be flashing by so fast up close that it just didn't seem to really work. I think I'd end up spending the whole game going ah. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I mean, there's definitely. I think you know, once it becomes a a, a household fixture, you know, it'll, that'll be different. But by then, it should be better. You know, I'd probably do it quite... if I had that TV, but only because that TV would cost like fifty thousand dollars or something crazy. That 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 TV was a glorious TV. <laughs> Just a wonderful television. It's so huge. I don't know. Promise it. I... The hardware and, and everything that you need to be able to run 3D. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be doing that yet, just because. I'm sure everyone's heard that argument, so we probably shouldn't rehash it. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, as far as Guild Wars 2 itself, um, it seemed, you know, it looked very impressive on the short glimpses I got, and then we got a chance to play it, and it kind of knocked my impressiveness with the game down a bit. Um, so uh, there's some very impressive stuff that that I'll get to in a second, but the, the kind of the stuff that wasn't so impressed with is it seems like they pulled a lot out of Warhammer um, as far as these big group quests that you could just join in at any time and just kind of seems like they were aping them in, the, in that aspect of it, of uh, just kind of like these uh, these uh, regional quests. And uh, the, the other thing is it, it just felt, you know, it, it felt too much like, wow, it's like this, I've already seen this before. Um, but it was running nice and smoothly. And then they had the, the, the impressive part was like their boss enemies. So they have all these oh. bosses everywhere that are gigantic. They're, and I oh, love yeah. that. Um, and I guess people at home who play lineage two are like, Oh, we've had that for years. What the heck are you talking about? We always have big bosses. Well, I don't get to see those in the games I play. And, uh, they have these gigantic, like they, they had this whole map there that was basically running most of the weekend where everybody was just fighting this gigantic 400, zillion foot tall dragon and you're like that, you don't come up to its its toenail you know um yeah that was pretty much uh made of awesome yeah and that was what was on the big 3d tv so uh, rather yes. appropriately chosen <laughs> but uh and, and that stuff looks great and i like some of the the race designs look pretty cool and and i just don't know if there's i don't know how the rest of the game's going to hold up to it but there's a lot of the the features and accoutrements of the game look pretty awesome and they're very good about getting you from place to place to do the quest this was the one that had all the quests just showing on the screen right i i saw so many mmos i don't know if i remember that right um you didn't you didn't play it did you? i i did not Oh, I wish Michael was uh, here. My, too. You and Michael did. Yeah, but he's he's not on yet. He, well, he was he was, well he when he played, um, he was 
you know, feeding cows and fighting off bandits and dying Did you a say lot. feeding cows? I think beating. No, no, he was feeding cows. Oh, he was like feeding with them. an F. Jeremy um, was getting karma. Oh, oh, that's right. Uh, he was collecting can, karma, wasn't he? Do Do you want to elaborate on that, please? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> uh, if, if and and I apologize because I I suck at remembering this kind of stuff. Um, you know, since everything is persistent, um, you can go in in the place that he was at. Um, he was basically at a farm, helping out, uh, feeding cows, and okay. such. Uh, so this is something that, anybody can walk up and do, and yeah. they get rewards for doing so. Uh, I. Yes, if I recall. Oh. Yeah, that's uh, what it felt like a group quest, like out of war. Yeah, it, it, and they, they give you karma points. But then, you know, in, in this case, you know, while he was there, it, the uh, farm was attacked by bandits. Yeah. And, and go, then he died a lot. Yeah. Then he but died a lot. Yeah. Anybody can raise anybody. Right. And you get, again, you get, um, uh, you know, obviously points for doing that as well. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, you know, it, it also it felt like slight variations on some standard MMO fare as far as that stuff went. But uh, it, it looked like there was interesting stuff to do, interesting races. And um, it obviously has the promise of these epic boss battles that just look fantastic, that just show up in the world and people beat on for a few days and maybe everybody wins or everybody loses or something like that. Uh, maybe not a few days. I might be exaggerating that. But, uh, yeah. But uh, that that's Guild Wars 2, at least what we saw. Um, did they have a release date for that? I don't remember. I was really excited for Guild Wars <laughs> 2, but uh, when I actually got a chance to play it and look at it and talk to the guy, it's just like it felt too standard, so it was very not as exciting by the time I was done with it. Um, it looks like they're looking, they're targeting fall of 2011 um, for uh, something like that. Bait, closed beta or something, maybe later this year or something like that. But uh, that, you know, that's Guild Wars 2, and I guess I shouldn't uh, waste your time blubbering on about it anymore, because there was another MMO that we saw um, that was more interesting, I felt. Um, you didn't get to see this, Ed, did you? Uh, which? Terra. No, I did not. I left early that day. Okay, this I want to hear about, because I've been watching this since they the, announced the booth The booth looks pretty awesome. So. Yeah, the booth looked pretty cool. Um, so we go in, we get an appointment to to check this thing out, and you walk in there, and they had uh, one station for four players, or rather four stations for with one player each. Um, and each player, there was like three damage, actually all four were, yeah, three damage dealers, and no, two tank classes, two damage dealers, that's what it was. And then one healer, and that was the guy running the demo. And uh, they, they, they were pretty slick about this, like... Uh, they decided that in Terra, what you're going to do is you're going to run one of the, the an example of the game's instances. So you're going to go in into a dungeon and and go through and take out the bosses. And they did a great job of showing you kind of how party play works in Terra. Um, you have to work together, and as always in MMOs, listen to your healer. Whatever the healer says, you do it. Otherwise, you die. And that was completely the case here. Uh, Anna knows what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> <laughs> listen to the healer um in this case since the healer was the one running the demo it, it was very much true because he knew how the fight was going to go and they take you through um in, in this particular way and i they didn't say for sure whether or not this the whole game is structured like this but this is what they demoed from the game so i can only extrapolate that it is um you have these instances that you go into 
and they're basically like rooms of monsters and each and each monster room is kind of like a different encounter and and how it's going to play out so they start off with a couple rooms of kind of weaker monsters and he tries to get down the idea that you two are the tank classes you're going to stay up front and that the archer guy and this other damage dealing guy they're going to stay kind of behind and then they're going to deal damage and fall back if they need to and i'm going to heal them and you're going to soak up all the damage and aggro all the enemies and basically got that into the party and then they got to the first boss where they had to do the same sort of thing and he takes you through how there's boss mechanics and the at this point in the fight the boss is going to flip over and do a laser beam or something like that and you guys need to move out of the way and not be standing in the way of the laser beam right and it was all about working together and they're really grinding that issue and it was very it was a wonderful demo because you know he's he's praising the players as they do well and he's yelling at the guys like come on you got to get over there you got to get over there i need you i need you doing this uh, oh, oh this guy's gone down i need two tanks to cover for me here you you normally damage dealer i need you to soak up some damage while i resurrect this guy so they had that sort of thing going on there um and it's very cool because each room played out different each one had a different mechanic like in one room um you had to avoid the spikes um but you're fighting enemies in the center of the room that like to draw you over to the spikes. Well, if you go stand on the spikes, you're going to die. Um, so you need to avoid them. So each room had a different thing you needed to take into consideration or had a boss and you had to learn how that boss works. And eventually they got into this big optional boss and it thought, oh my gosh, this is, oh, there can't be anything after this. And it's like, no, there's, there's something after this. They had an even bigger, more, more awesome boss. And you go and you take out that boss. Um, it, and it, it was hard to explain why, you know, after the fact, I just break it down. And this is just a series of boss battles and, and encounters. It, there's nothing that exciting there. But it felt really exciting at the time because every room was different. Every room inquired attention. And and the entire battle system, instead of just being pressing your, your pounce skill over and over and over again, um, it, it required you to, to think about which skill is working in the situation. And this, do I need to be using my AoE attack right now or do I need to be using uh, different attacks? It felt more action-based, basically. Um, so if you've been looking for an MMO that's more action-based with its, with its combat, this is trying to fit that, to fit that mold and uh, fulfill that need. So... Excuse me. If if you're not just wanting to pound keys, you wanna you wanna kind of be worried about are my hits landing? At, where is my person position? Am I in the proper position? Am I evading stuff that I should be? Uh, one of the big things they add in this game is a block key, and it's very important to consider blocking. And anybody who's played games like God of War knows that um, blocking is very important. If you don't do blocking right, you're you're gonna you're doing it wrong. You're gonna end up getting yourself killed. And they've brought that into this game's mechanic. So it it, it kind of in my opinion, I felt it blended action MMO better than most of the other attempts I've seen lately. Um, and that kind of was really Terra. And I'm pleased to say that the group we were in won. Um, they were keeping a running tally. It was like 20 groups that have won and six that lost. And they, they definitely didn't want another another group that Ooh. lost the encounter. So, Yay! <laughs> yeah, uh, but Michael was the one who played. I only, I only was able to watch. So okay. oh, what are you going to say? I said yay. Oh, okay. oh I'm wondering too. if you had any uh, any questions. Um, no, it's just that was actually a really good description. Okay. So they're running a really, really super select closed beta right now. They're going to be moving to like a normal closed beta soon. Yeah, it's not going to be out soon at all. It's sometime next uh, year, I think. It's I think. Tw- it, it's late 2012, I believe. 2012? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. that's It's taking forever then. <laughs> I mean, MMOs take a while. I mean, we didn't even hear about this until... It wasn't even a year ago that we started hearing about Terra. It was like May. I think they announced it around E3. So they've actually done like a lot of progress in the last six or seven months. Yeah, this is the one that if you've seen the logo, it has the little bear. 
Um, well, trust me, the game doesn't look weird and strange like that logo makes it seem like it might look. It's, it actually <laughs> seemed pretty reasonable. And, you know, it's Korean, so it's got all these fantastically ornate character designs going on in it, like most of the Korean games I see do. Oh. Um, right? I'm going to jump you back for a second. Yeah. I forgot to ask if there was any Epic Mickey at the Square Enix booth. Not at the Square Enix Ooh. booth. Why would it be there? Or was that the Disney booth? It. No, uh, Disney. It was a Disney. Disney is publishing uh, it. Okay, then we'll get to it later, I presume? No, because it's not an RPG. Are we covered? Did you play it? Yeah, we played Ooh, didn't it. Did you guys get the memo? Yeah. <gasps> we're, we're stopping Epic Mickey coverage for the moment, but that doesn't mean we can't uh, talk about it. Okay, well, the reason we're stopping it is because Mike and I played it, and that thing is not an RPG. It is a 3D platformer. Um, so in Epic Mickey, you play as, uh, you've been, what is it? You get sucked into a painting or something like that at the beginning of the game and you just want to get home, but they, they suck you into an adventure. You know, it's, it's set up like a good old fashioned cartoon game, all good stuff. You know, Mickey's in it. You got Disney voice actors and all that, and all that goody stuff. The problem is the platforming was dull. Oh my gosh. Was it dull? It jump around here, aim your paintbrush, fill this in, go walk across it, collect the puzzle piece, go back, walk across the room, go put the puzzle piece in the thing, now walk back. It, it was just not interesting platforming. You know, where Mario Galaxy gives you this interesting 3D platforming, um, Epic Mickey seems to just give you platforming that you've done to death by now, with one important exception, the 2D levels. You know what those play like? Those old 2D platforming games like off the NES. Like that were fun and simple and lighthearted, and you're you're going through a clock tower and like all this interesting stuff's going around while you're going through it, and like you open a, a door and this bird that's nesting on a cog that you need to open is disturbed by the fact that you're spinning the cog so hard that it flies up in the air and shoots the bird out of the tower, and there's like all this this fun stuff going on in the background, and and you got the nice Mickey with the big jumping, and it just brings back sense of nostalgia in those levels, but that's not the main focus of the game. The main focus was just this really boring sloggy 3D platforming that I'd just seen so many times before and and the fact that it was Mickey certainly wasn't helping it for me um, so I don't know regardless of any of that there were no experience points there were no levels um, there's there's a couple um, you, you get a choice whether or not to do some good or bad actions within the level but I mean that on its own doesn't make an RPG just because you get to choose to be bad or good in one aspect of each level Um the, the idea is that somehow date later on the plot that might affect the story, whether or not you chose to be a really good mouse or a very bad mouse, but uh, I, I don't really see how that makes it an RPG. Um, it's missing way too many of the rest of the elements. Um, but yeah, it was just a 3D platformer, I, really through and through. Um, but uh, I wish I could speak highly of it, but it was just, you know, it's it's Mickey, it's on the Wii, so the graphics are, are decent, but, you know, it's, it's only so-so-so. Um, it, it felt like it could have been a better looking game if they just focused on the more two dimensional aspects of it and it had been like a, a, a 2D platformer with 3D characters or something. I think it would have been more interesting personally and more fun platforming. But the, the rest of it was just, it felt like, uh, you know, running around, uh, just running around a little 3D world collecting tokens, which like gets old really quickly. Personally. Chris? Yeah. Can you ring Manny back in? Yeah, I can. Because you know, okay. yeah, the different versions. For- oh, it Manny, was- Man- yeah, I know, I'm on the Mac. Manny uh, <laughs> hung up on frustration at me trashing Epic Mickey, didn't no, he? I'm just not used to doing the podcast with a trackpad. Oh, okay. 
What? Fail. Tap to click. Tap to click. Tap to click. Yeah. Tap to click. Was there anything else at the Disney booth that you wanted to talk about? Oh, that was it for Disney. Oh, yeah, Tron. You're right. But no, that's not an RPG. So I'm, okay. I'm sorry. It looked pretty, aw- it looked yeah. pretty awesome. If you disagree the- with me completely on uh, on Epic Mickey's uh, platforming, um, uh, the, the I think we can universally agree that it, it ain't an RPG. Okay. One Spectre seems to think so. An RPG. I, no, did- he mentioned it has RPG. I, I've I've yet to see this quote where he says it's definitely an RPG. I think he mentioned there's RPG elements, and he wants the fact that you make choices in the game to come through somehow, which I'm sure it will. But that doesn't make it an RPG. Hey, man, that's a buzzword that sells copies. <laughs> so tell us about Tron, then. No, no, no. I, I didn't play Tron. I played Tron okay. E3. It's not an RPG, either. There's, I, there's I, I didn't either, but the booth looked pretty awesome. Yeah, it had a nice-looking <laughs> booth. That was the booth for me, 3. They have a light cycle. It's very impressive if it's the oh, first time you've seen it. Right. So it's like, oh, okay. look, light cycle from the movie that nobody cares about. Because I think that came out, <laughs> didn't it? No, it, was it didn't come out December. Oh, oh, December? Okay. They had the remember they had the bike cut out in the theater when we went to go see Scott Pilgrim. Oh, okay, Pilgrim. okay, never mind. Then. Dude, I need to I actually totally rewatch the original because it's been I, I it's been so long since I've seen it. I honestly don't remember it. Don't it doesn't hold up very beams. well from what I hear. No, it doesn't. No, it sure does. Did you say don't cross the beams? Yes. That's go. That's the wrong movie. I know. I'm being facetious. Oh, okay. <laughs> We were a little worried there for a moment. <laughs> you know, speaking of getting stuff crossed, um, we had we got to see uh, Portal 2 co-op, didn't we? Yes. Ooh. That is not an RPG, but it looks sweet. It's like, it's not an RPG. You know, when we got an appointment for that, it's kind of like... They didn't care. Yes. Just, yeah. really? Apparently, you didn't, yeah. even need an RP- you didn't even need an appointment. Just walk up, show your media badge, and cut in line. It was wait. You're not supposed to be able to do that at PAX. Like it um, it's up to your... the vendor. It's up to the vendor. Oh, is it? Yeah. Because not last year, but the year before, in the media pack, it was like absolutely no cutting in line. Yeah. Well, that was actually in our package. Not at Valve. <laughs> okay. Good to know. And we had an it appointment. Seems kind of so. ridiculous. Well, well, I won't say ridiculous, but it seems kind of odd that they would do that. Yeah, I, I walk up there and like what, I have an appointment would... for ten o'clock, and they don't even look on a sheet or anything. They're just like, "Come around here and, and wait for the next one." It's like, okay. Oh. Yeah, that was because right, you, so... you didn't get quite get in there fast enough. Yeah, but did they check on a sheet of paper for you? No, no, they didn't. Yeah, they weren't All checking. Right. They're just letting media skip the line because the line so was right, crazy. Kids or family members, if you had to wait an extra thirty minutes, it's because of these two guys right that's here. That's right. Yeah, it's because of us. Um, anyway, it looks great. What they're doing in Portal 2's co-op is they've got these two little robots that you play as. And basically, Gladys is doing testing with these two robots, is the little storyline there. And uh, so you can die an infinite number of times and you just respawn because um, <laughs> she just builds another one of you or something like that. And the two little robots, you're going to work together to beat the levels and beat her challenges. And Yeah, uh, and yeah. The, level, the levels for two-player, you know, it's not a good game that we cover, but let's face it, a lot of people like that game. Yeah. Uh, the two-player co-op, from what I recall, was going to be about the same length as the single-player. That's what they said. And like the single-player was already going to be double the length of the first game single-player or something like and that. So they're going to have plenty of stuff to do. And it's not that you know they took the single-player ma- or you know single-player and then just tweaked it to be two-player. Sounds like they did a lot to kind of make it a totally separate. It was fi- very obvious that there were there are puzzles that are completely designed behind the concept of having two separate portal guns and how that interaction would work together. 
So you were going to, they even, they put in a little system to help you show, to ping on the, on the screen where you want the other person to shoot the portal so you can help communicate to each other how you want to get through the puzzles. Um, you've got, uh, they were showing off some of the additional um, power, you know, features in Portal 2, like the gels and the, and the little um, suspension beams where like it, it pours you through midair and stuff like yeah. And you can manipulate all that stuff to get through these levels in very interesting ways when you have four portals. Um, and you can set up, set up one of those infinite things where you're just falling and falling and falling and falling and falling and falling. And while you're doing that, um, since you've, uh, that person, I don't know, you could just, uh, launch them. Yeah. You can, you can change where the, the exit portal is going to be. And now all of a sudden, um, while they're falling, since they can't aim and shoot a portal while that's happening effectively, you, since it's your portals that you set up while they're falling, you can change where the exit is and they go launching out of it and going across the stage. So you can, you can use that to your advantage as just an example of how co-op's going to work. So but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited about of, that. I think it's kind of funny because they, 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 they kind of added a thing. They know that there's going to be people like a lot of my friends who are going to be the kind of people that are, you know, they'll set up an infinite loop and then you'll be the person who has to go through the infinite loop and then they'll launch you to your death. Yes, you could do that too. And if <laughs> you, 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 you can apologize to each other and, and have a hug. Yes, they have a little emote system for you to, to apologize to each other and hug Oh, hugs. Out. That's right. That's like yeah. the big thing, right? Hugs. They added hugs. Yep. Oh, and the little robots look cute when they hug each other. Very silly. But uh, no, no, RPGs, right? Uh, Torchlight 2. Who likes her Torchlight 2? <laughs> so we went over and we talked to Wonder, who's awesome, uh, their PR person. At, so at Tor- at apparently, I'm going to cut you off for like 30 seconds. So Uh-oh. apparently, Uh-oh. Runic was uh, tweeting about it. Apparently, someone walked up and asked to talk to Mr. Russell. Ah, Mr. Russell. Yes. So for anyone who isn't familiar, Wonder Russell is their PR person, and she is like an actress, so she's kind of a bombshell. So someone walking up and asking for Mr. Russell was incredibly entertaining to everybody. (laughs) I wonder if she had Max play the part of Mr. Russell. (laughs) Yeah, just... Is Mr. Awesome. Wonder Russell here? Uh, <laughs> no, but you can that, talk to me. That's just asking to you know, be screwed with. <laughs> so apparently Max and Eric Schaefer were both there. Did you get to meet either of them? Max Schaefer, we had an interview with him. It'll be going up on the site soon. Um, Good. I didn't see Eric. Um, I wouldn't have recognized did, him anyway. So Did you fanboy a little on Max? No. Um, I, in okay. fact, I almost forgot his name. So that was good. I'm like, I realized Chris? I'm interviewing. I'm like, oh, this guy's Max Schaefer, right? I'm like, so, 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 thanks for taking time to talk to us, Max. And then I, I pause a little to see if he responds or like, who's Max or something like that. So either I got his name wrong and he just rolled with it and he's awesome, or I got it right. So I'm hoping I got it right. <laughs> but I recognized him from the guy that you pointed out to me before as like a key Diablo figure that I didn't recognize the last time we were at PAX talking about Torchlight. Uh, anyway. I think it was E3, actually. Oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah so Torchlight 2 is coming, and we got to play a bit of it, and they were showing off the networked features. Um, but we didn't get to play too much of it. So the, there's going to be an interview posted to the site. Definitely check that out. We asked, we picked Max's brain a bit about some of the class stuff that they're doing and they've only shown off two of the classes right now the the railman and uh what's the other one outlander uh, outlander um the outlander basically is a dude who does ranged weaponry and he throws a glaive like uh from the movie crawl 
you got to love that. Any anytime you throw a glaive, that's awesome. Um, and the Railman is like the best name for a class I've ever seen. Railman. He just hits stuff with a hammer, right? So that's awesome. Um, they got some other stuff coming, but they're not talking about it yet. Um, but so, the big feature is online. Oh, what, what's that, Ed? Well, once we're all done, since we're on the topic, of course, I, I, I have something I want. I, I can kind of tangent to okay. another thing that, that I think is interesting. And it is kind of related to, you know, obviously it's related to RPGs, but not console. Yeah. Okay. Carry on. Okay. <laughs> all right. So Torchlight 2 has got this uh, networking stuff, and they showed us the fact that they had all this, the people there in a party, and you could kind of, um, you know, throw up a town portal and have people come and help you do stuff. The problem was everyone was so interested in just trying out the game and seeing the new classes and stuff that nobody was really working together. So we didn't get a good feel at the event for how the multiplayer is working out. Other than that, it works. And if you remember Diablo 2, you know how it worked there. It's going to be similar here. And, you know, the more people there are in your world, I think the stronger it gets and all that stuff. And uh, pretty much what you would come to expect. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of outdoor areas now. It's not all in one dungeon. So, you know, this is all stuff you knew about Torchlight 2. But basically, it's like all the stuff you knew about Torchlight 2 is true. They've got two classes that they've talked about. It's It's coming out. Um, what is it? Early next year, right, Anna? Uh, yeah, they're shooting for spring. Yeah, shooting they're shooting for... for as soon as possible. Well, yeah, okay. So as soon as possible, and it's going to have multiplayer, and it works, so be excited. <laughs> so it sounds like uh, we're getting a review copy, and when that comes, we're going to be streaming some multiplayer. Yay! Woo-hoo! Can't wait. Well, then we need more than one review copy. We had, like, three last time. All right, well, we need, like, three this time. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Well, or so. it just works like last time where you just download it because it, was not, uh, it, wasn't, think it wasn't keyed last time. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do that again. They had some nasty pirating issues. Well, like they couldn't have foreseen it. Well, they only gave out the review copies with no keys because they couldn't get the validation system working. Ah, okay. So now it'll work. I mean, this wasn't like their their plan all along. I mean, they delayed the review copy. They were supposed to come out Tuesday and we got it. We started downloading it Friday, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because well, that was uh, Friday we were being, at the office. Yeah, we will stream it right here on Livestream.com because it worked so well last year. That's when I f- first got to know Livestream.com. Awesome. So we'll we'll do that again, and I will love to do it and show you guys the game before it comes out. And now so, yeah. we can have more than 50 people in the chat room because that was an issue last time. Now we can have, like, a lot of people, and hopefully Yay! you can all watch it. So we'll see so how that goes. anything else at PAX? Um, Me? Me? Yeah, go, go for it, Ed. So, um... This is something that just I uh, that was just really quite, kind of one of those unexpected things that we saw. A uh, uh, local Seattle company called Geek Chic. They are actually a furniture company, um, but they specifically produce high quality furniture for people to do uh, pen and paper and tabletop role playing. Uh, these are tables that you have a sunken in area for for miniatures and all that. Uh, they have a bunch of different models that range. In cost from upwards of you know about nine hundred dollars up to several grand, depending on what you want. They're really high quality tables, but one of the things that they had there that um, is a prototype that they were working on is one. It, later on, it's, it's basically it was one of their their basically it's a coffee table with something. It's it, it's not actually Microsoft Surface, but it's something that works almost exactly like the Microsoft Surface. Um, so you have this play surface that's a touch sensitive, yeah. um, 
The dude uh, basically designed his own multi-touch table for gaming, and it's completely and, integrated. You know, it's like it'll awesome. even go so far as he's uh, writing a modified version of Map Tools, where you can even use physical miniatures with a special thing on the base of them, so that when you set it on the screen, yeah, it'll it, know where you set it. It's just a sticker. It. Yeah, it, and you set it on it, it knows where it's sitting on it, it knows what direction it's facing, yep. um, and that just seemed. And what it is, and the so Uber geek. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> I I would love to see them. You know, get that into production. I was just well. It sounds like you can start ordering them, and it'll take a while to build, like six months. But uh, that's just kind of how geek chic stuff works. But uh, yeah, if you've seen those fancy Cadillac gaming tables that are custom made to your order, this, yeah. they're doing surfaces now. But it's not an actual Microsoft Surface. It's like it. And, uh, but it will run Surface software from what, what I remember. What was it going to cost? Like six grand or something like that? Uh, and that I included a laptop like, with all the software. I think so. I mean, I I, I don't remember. I I'm hoping that you know, as they can kind of get it more into a production, um, they may be able to lower the cost some. But um, I mean, if you can afford it, it seems like something that would be. Uh, I think it'll be more affordable than a Surface. Probably, yeah. That's worth, but uh, yeah. And they they uh, said everything's going to be very easy. Like they're going to ship if something breaks, they ship you a part that you just plop in. You don't have to like calibrate cameras and stuff. Everything's done like that at the factory, and they just send you a large piece that you just plop into your well, table. One of the other things so they do maintainable. Is, one of the things that they do is when you order a piece of their furniture, they deliver it themselves. Mm-hmm. Oh but, wow. Uh, but that was really cool because one of the one of the things that he was running on on this thing for a demo is that he also had a copy of Torchlight uh, set up with a his interface so that you could literally just you know tap and then do a second tap for your action, nice. and that was just kind of you know an extra level of cool. Yeah, that was cool to see Torchlight on it. <laughs> well, it was hilarious because when we were talking to him, if I recall, yeah, somebody uh, asked, "We gotta get Torchlight running on this," and he just alt tabs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he did. I've well, got it. it. <laughs> well, I think even more than that, if I recall, he actually had uh, people from Runic that had come by oh, and yeah. saw it, and then you know saw that they, like he was demoing it to him. He didn't know where they were from, and they're like, "That's our game. We read that." As soon as he showed it to him, it's like, "Oh, awesome!" <laughs> it's kind of like, "Oh, awesome!" Can I can I keep using it for a demo? <laughs> <laughs> they were very cool about it, apparently. So yeah, but I mean. Their 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 furniture is you know obviously expensive, but it is also very high quality handcrafted. Yep. And especially if you're you're a you know massive tabletop gamer or pen and paper gamer, that's something that actually could be a really cool option um, for doing in person. But then you know with this surface thing, you could be able to do that, and all your people that are there in person could be working on that. But because it uses map tools, that's network, so that you can have people you know outside of there being able to do that, and then they can also still interact with. That screen. So all you all need is a bunch of six thousand dollar tables. Just remember that. No, right? you just you, you, no, you, know, you could just, just be on a computer. I know, but it's still. Fun. But I mean, I mean, it's like I say, it's it's not it's not console PC RPGs, but just that whole system setup is just really cool. It is quite yeah. impressive, yep. and I really hope they uh, that they can move forward with that. There is one I, other cool game I saw at PAX that I want to wrap up with. And that yep. is a little Xbox, or rather, PlayStation Network game that we saw called Horde, and H uh, O A R D. Yeah, this is a fun little arcade game where you play as one of four dragons, and you either choose to play cooperatively or competitively, and you're flying around on a field barbecuing 
buildings with your your fire breath, um, stealing away princesses and collecting gold and bringing them back to your horde where you collect them all together and if you're cooperatively you're all working together make your horde as big as possible defend it from knights or from thieves who are coming to steal your gold and defend uh, uh princesses that you've kidnapped from knights that are trying to rescue them and there's towers that you get to choose how to level up your dragon within each match which lasts like i don't know what was a 10 minute match five minute match by default or something like that um, and it's online and playable with everyone, and it looks like a really fun Xbox Live... Well, it's not an Xbox Live Arcade game, but it should be an Xbox Live Arcade game. It's a PSN game, so you'll be able to play it with your friends on PSN, and it looks like a really cool little arcade game. Keep an eye out on it. That's Horde. I don't know if there's anything to add to that, but does that make sense? I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was very fun. We all liked it. So, um, Not to mention that you get to it's fly around as dragons barbecuing fields and no, kidnapping princesses. So it looks like a good party game, and you can play it online. Yay. Um, and that's PAX. So everyone can stop sleeping now. We're done with PAX. Really? I was just going to ask you two quick things. Oh, okay. Go for it. Um, did you get any notable swag? No. Just a bunch of t-shirts. Oh. Okay. Well, that was fast. Number two, I, did you attend any good panels? You don't have to go over the panels. Just... I did not go to a single panel. I just you know, don't I, do panels. Um, I, since I, the Brodio reunion was canceled, the panel thing just fell off my radar. I, you know, there were a couple of panels that I really wanted to go to that I completely forgot about. All right, so that was fast. Yeah. What did, what did Jeff Green thing say? But I really oh, should have because that, I would have been you know, like time a big to get one-up panel, feet. like a bunch of X one uppers. Yeah, they, they they put together like a fast one upper union panel, and it was like, yeah, I could do that, or I could have fun at the show. It's like, <laughs> all right then. Next I, section. I'm sorry. It's like it's hard. It's hard to do that when it's just like reminiscing on the good old days with a bunch of people who aren't actually your friends. You just think they're your friends. On I the heard internet. the giant bomb one was interesting. Yeah, John but Packer showed up. Yeah, here's my problem with those ones: the giant bomb one and the weekend confirmed one. Right? I'm fan. I'm fans of like the weekend confirmed show. The giant bomb show is pretty good too. Um, but they record it. I could just download it later. So I feel like if I go and experience more of PAX, I've got even more PAX total by just experience those shows via audio later is kind of how I look at that. True enough. Th- that, that's just my take on it. It is cool to meet the people, and if I had something cool to say or a bottle of whiskey to give to Garnet Lee, I'd probably do that, but I didn't. That's what All you right. do, right? You, you see Garnet Lee, you give him a bottle of whiskey, right? I think that's how that works. I don't know. I don't know. Aren't you his coffee boy? You were leaving Heartbeat Gamer. Oh, I was going to gonna be his coffee boy. Damn. I don't think he knows that, though. <laughs> you never know he might be listening he might be listening that's right <laughs> sorry Garnet. i'll get your coffee soon mr lee um okay packs that's there packs you go. for you uh it, it's a it's such a fun show but um i definitely recommend going and and just planning to spend like your whole life there while it's going on and play lots of games and try out lots of new stuff that you haven't tried before I think that's the best. The best stuff is when you just go sit down. You're tired. You go into the to the board game room and you just find some strangers and you learn how to play a brand new game and you just have a bunch of fun. Oh but, man, we, there was a guy that. There, there, well, there were, obviously were a lot of people that had Doctor Horrible costumes. There was a guy on Sunday, amazing red Doctor Horrible costume who even looked quite a bit like Neil Patrick Harris, doing Rock Band Three, singing. I want to rule the world. <laughs> that really does not get much more awesome than that, especially since he actually was doing pretty good. Because that's, that's exactly what his character would play. I can think of one way that play. could be more awesome. Oh, what's that? 
if Neil Patrick Harris was actually doing it. <laughs> he looks yeah. like Neil Patrick Harris, though. It was such a good costume. It was. It was. I think. I think that guy actually. I think it was the same guy that we saw in white on Saturday. I think. He, I would be willing to bet he had both costumes and wore one one day and wore one the other day. Hmm. I, I think he did. I think you're absolutely right. Um, yeah. So I, I, I did forget to mention one thing while I was up there. Um, as part of our Extra Life uh, participation, I did go and check out the Paxtra Life party, which was the party that uh, Sarcastic Gamer is putting on to help raise money for Extra Life. So we went there. There were drawings. There was free free drinks um, and just an, an awful lot of fun to be had. I hung out with uh, uh, Glenn Percival, a.k.a. Torgo, from the PS Nation podcast. Um, I also... Uh, uh, with Dave from uh, Game Crashers and uh, some other people that I saw there. Um, and and it was really fun. It was a great little party, and lots of money was raised for kids and getting the awareness of Extra Life out there and just got to freak out some people walking by the uh, the, the Fox Sports Grill wondering, what the heck are all these people lined up and for? And Panic Michael with his credit card? Panic um, with his credit oh. card? Oh, I didn't hear about this. No, I didn't hear oh. about this either. Wasn't that the problem with the shirt? Or am I shirt? thinking of something else? No, he got his shirt. I don't know. Yeah, but he didn't realize the company was in Vancouver. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah. Splitreason.com, who does the fulfillment for Sarcastic Gamers t-shirts, apparently is in Canada. So Michael got a charge from a comp- clothing company in Seattle in Canadian dollars and put a hold on the charge. No, they're he in Vancouver. Why, he didn't know why a, a company in Vancouver, Canada, was charging his credit card. He messaged me. He's like, did I buy you something? And I'm like, no. Because <laughs> Paws is in Vancouver. Vancouver. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. Anyways, carry on. My my cat almost put the laptop, the recording laptop to sleep. Um, bad cat. Get away from the recording equipment. But, Sorry. But that's just fun. <laughs> yeah, he's having fun. <laughs> he's going to make us not have fun. Oh, uh, so I went to Extra Life's party and I didn't drink anything. Um, I know, I, I know, it sounds boring, but it turned out for the best actually, because on the way home, driving Michael, who oh god had gotten a free company j- dinner earlier in the night, and then went over to Extra Life and drank more, um, so he he definitely wasn't safe to drive. So I'm driving him to his hot- to his home to and then to go back to my hotel. Um, I got pulled over by a policeman, who uh, who noticed that I went over a couple of the uh, divider lines and kind of you know because I'm a I'm not all the best driver if when i'm in a rental i'm not a, i'm not the best driver when i'm in a rental car especially in a foreign city with small lanes like seattle they're has. the same size they are not i'm i came back home and i'm sure they are not the same size lanes tell you what you, you guys out, have you smaller lanes ian actually agrees with this because he always he always buzzes the side of the road like especially down some sections of the 405 yeah Seattle just has smaller car lanes on their highways. Yeah. I don't know what's up with it. Definitely. You call it the 405. Okay. <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's a California thing. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, there's a section of 405 in Seattle or the Seattle area that we needed to go down. And we've gone down it a few times. And he always complains because he always ends up hitting those, you know, things on the side of the lane. It goes, bzzz, right? Yeah. It's just weird. Seattle bypass. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so I get pulled over by this cop, and he's like, sir, have you had anything to drink tonight? I'm like, no, I have not, actually. And he looks over at Michael and says, you've had something to drink tonight. And Michael's like, hell yeah. And and, uh, 
I said, yeah, he, yeah. He Michael was completely wasted. No, it, it, he will tell you he was not drunk, but uh, I don't know what drunk. that means. <laughs> uh, anyway, so you know, he he'd had fun, and I was the driver, and I had not had as much fun uh, or any at all. And the police officer takes my license and uh, then goes back, runs the plates and my license, comes back to the car, gives my license back and says, well, sir, it's a holiday weekend and uh, we're out looking for drunk drivers, so we all need to drive better than they do. Uh, So there you go. And then uh, lets me go. And that was it. So I got it. My driving was insulted by a police officer who was so disgusted with it, he pulled me over. (laughs) So so much for this. Rightfully so. So yeah, that, that that's my uh, driving adventure in Seattle. But hey, look at the bright side. You do better than Michael. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> okay. So uh, is that um, is that all of PAX? Uh that's it. That's all okay. that we remember. We gonna move on to some news quickly? That's right. Time okay. for some news. Fortunately, totally there's not much news right now because um, it's just not that time of year where there's lots of news. So first up, we've got a third saga. Uh, Final Fantasy Legend 3 is going to be a remade um, for, on the DS. Uh, and uh, that's all we know. That's It's going to be remade. doesn't sound like we know that it's going to come out in the U.S. at all. Uh, any? Um, let's see. Phil, you like old games. Did you play Final Fantasy Legend 3? Did you fall asleep? I think he no. Might. I got to hit my mute button here. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, a long time ago. Good lord! Would you look Is forward to a boy? DS remake? Oh, boy, it was a cute game back in the day, but unless they they really add something to it, uh, I couldn't see it remaking very well. Well, you probably don't have anything to worry about because they haven't announced the Saga Two remake to be coming over here. So they probably Did we won't get bring the this first one either. One? I don't even know when the first one was remade. Oh, that was that Game Boy Advance one, wasn't it? Well, Final Fantasy Legend 1 was the first... Uh, yeah, no, we, we got but, it. it. But then there's... It would have been named something else. Saga 1 and Final Fantasy Legend 1 are two different games because Final Fantasy Legend 1 was the first Secret of Mana game. Like, before Secret of Mana. Right. So it's yeah, very... No, that no wait, that's Final Fantasy Adventure. I'm so sorry, people at home, you yelling at me. So Final ah. Fantasy Legend 1 would have been Saga 1, and I don't know what happened to it. I don't know if they remade it or not. Jooms. Jooms. Yeah, Jooms would know. But it doesn't matter. The point being that uh, Final Fantasy Legend 1 remake certainly didn't come out here, I don't think, did it? Did they re... Do you think they I'm remade it on Game Boy? I'm attempting to invoke. Probably not. Jooms, and he's not answering... Yeah, you know, it probably doesn't need to be answered. Um, that's just that's that's the indicative of the quality of news we have. We also have there's free DLC for Borderlands, and they're going to raise the uh, level cap to sixty nine. So yay! And uh, <laughs> September twenty eighth will be the release date for the Claptrap Revolution um, yay! DLC. He says Saga One did not get a remake. Oh, must have sucked too much or something. What must have sucked too much or something. So there was no Saga 1 remake, but there was a Saga 2 and a Saga 3 remake? Apparently my Skype is lagging. That's what it is. Okay. Um, Let's see. G-Lancer in the chat room wants me to mention that uh, TGS News has leaked out of uh, Sega's exhibit, and we know that there's a Valkyria Chronicles (sighs) 3 that's been announced for PS3, and they're going to be talking about it at TGS. So yay. Nobody yeah. excited about Valkyria Man, Chronicles we, 3? We don't have two yet. Yeah, I'm about to say. Yeah, I'm wait, 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 wait. Did we? What is this Valkyria Profile 3? 
No, that's Discard just saying who would want it. Okay, never mind. Okay, Valkyrie Chronicles 3 we is We have to. It came out on the PSP. Remember, GameStop is going to give away your copy? Yeah. No, I mean, I literally just don't have it yet. Yeah, I don't oh, have it either. Oh, it's at, okay. the, it's at Sorry. the store. No, I me. misunderstood what you were saying. Carry on. Oh, all right. Yeah, we've got it. It'll be coming. I need to finish one. I agree with the person in the chat room saying that. Yeah, finish one and then go finish two. Then you can worry about three. I should also finish the first Dissidia because they've just uh, they've confirmed the Duodecum, which is the what sequel is to Dissidia. Names, man. Dissidia Duodecum Final Fantasy and has three confirmed characters. C- Cecil uh, will be joined by Kane, uh, f- those both from Final Fantasy IV, um, and a third person confirmed is Lightning from Final Fantasy XIII who I'm sure will be joined by Vanille because everyone loves her so much, right? <laughs> she oh, has that reminds voice me. acting. You can, get, um, you can get Final Fantasy XIII for the PS3 on Amazon right now for $20. 20 bucks. But you know what sucks that came out? Uh, I don't know what sucks. News that there was going to be DLC for Final Fantasy XIII, but they cut it. Like they were planning it and they were telling you to hold no. on to your save file, but they've cut the DLC and it's not going to happen. The, d- the director has confirmed. So, no Final Fantasy 13 DLC. Um, but they will be making a 360 version of the game in Japan, which we all knew was going to come eventually. Why are some Japanese been fans are so angry about this? Why are they angry? They're always angry about these kind of things. What is there to be angry about it? Because they, oh, were, they, were, they, they get all these like Final Mix Plus crap. Oh, and they're like, oh, we're going to put it on 360. Oh, and, oh angry! Yes, well, guess what? The 360 version um, has English voices and subtitles in European languages and My Hands from Lervis, Leona Lewis serving as the main theme song. Actually, I don't think that that makes that game better, so... If they're upset about not getting the quote unquote international edition of the game, they shouldn't be because Or maybe it's like the better. promise that this will never come to the three sixty, so they I So don't they know. what they bought a PS three for this one game? Uh, I mean it's Japan. That's where that's where I, you I, want I, a PS three anyway. I'm it's not a bad news. deal. People are angry. It's the I, internet. I don't know. The interweb. Hmm. <laughs> Hi Fox. I well I just wondering what they're saying, that's all. Hmm. Get us more information and report back on Saturday, Manny. No. Fine, slacker. (laughs) Oh, well, well, check this out. There's also an easy mode that'll be in the 360 version of the game over there. Isn't Um, the game kind of easy to begin with? Yeah, I don't know why you need this. Um, There's a a few hard fights that you could optionally take on, but I mean, that's like every... uh, Final Fantasy uh, increases the item drop rate, makes the game easier in other ways. The package comes with a booklet containing art concepts, oh, big deal, scenes from events that were cut from the game originally, and uh, an original novella covering some of the events that take place after Final Fantasy XIII's ending, which I guess is kind of nice to have that, but that'll leak onto the net. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I want to say what they cut. Like, there's a scene about apparently where Snow's going to the bathroom that they cut. That didn't match oh, how serious geez. the story was getting. <laughs> well, they're talking because he's using the restroom while they're talking about buying a birthday present for Lightning, which is... Oh, well, then who cares? Yeah. So it's not like the Duke Nukem thing where he actually started out the game taking a leak. <laughs> no, it's not like that. It's not like Heavy Rain. We may rain. not have gone there, but we, we, we've you, heard you have what to, like You have to control a character going to the bathroom in Heavy Rain, don't you? Manny, you know Heavy Rain, right? Dude, I don't know. I'm still waiting for my copy from Mist. <laughs> it's been like four months. I'm still waiting for my copy. That's why he didn't show up to the podcast tonight. He didn't want to send you, you a uh, your copy. You need to talk to Mac about that. <laughs> okay. 
I think it got stolen or got lost stolen. in the mail. <laughs> we need to contact Amazon. Oh. Owen is hungry. Well, while you're there, um, make sure to put in an order for Dawn of Heroes, which is Majesco's uh, tactical RPG for the DS. Uh, it's finally out on retail shelves. Apparently, this one's been delayed for a lot, and now you can play this tactical game, which I don't know much about other than it's tactical. Tactical, tactical, keyword is tactical, right? And speaking of DS, we have another confirmed release date. Luthia. Luthia. Curse of the Sinistrals this is, is October 19th. This is the Luthia 2 remake. It'll be out for 30 bucks on October 19th, like Anna just said. But I like to say what she just says because I'm a jerk. Then I'm going to cut you off and talk about my favorite company ever because awesome. I love Sting. Who? Sting makes me happy in the pants. Oh, not Atlas. Well, Atlas to, po- localizes and Who makes your pants games. happier? Sting. Oh, okay. Uh, well, the singer? No, I guess I'm going to have to say Atlas, because I mean, okay. I do have the Jack Frost tattoo. Atlas. It really makes Anna's pants happy. There they do. Go. They that's get their their that's, that's why they stayed in business in the U.S. and didn't have any weird shufflings and ownership and stuff. Because of your pants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did they announce? Uh, so, Knights of the Nightmare PSP is unfortunately going to be delayed. Oh, to November oh. 9th from sometime yep. that I don't remember. I think it was supposed to be September, actually. Oh, okay. This is the remake of the DS game. It's going to be on PSP, and it's like, why does this need to be on PSP? Every, everybody was really concerned because the touchscreen was so integral yeah. to Nights of the And it turns out that it wasn't like, really. I, I don't get it. Yeah, it turns and out it wasn't really. You just use the analog yeah, stick, and it works fine. Yeah, you videos and stuff, <laughs> and people were like, oh, okay, we get it now. So to, to say we're really, really, really sorry for delaying Nights in the Nightmare, um, you're going to get uh, Igdor Union. For free. Unless you're stupid PSP. like Chris and have already bought it on PSN. No. That's oh, okay. Oh. I, already, I, I own Knights in the Nightmare on DS. I don't see a reason to buy it on PSP just to get one extra yeah. character story. I guess I you get a, a whole other scenario here, though. It's like which, a, a which, new third of the game, right? So. Which is kind of funny because I have Igdra Union on... Uh, oh, and I that's... Yeah, that's the why they chose it. And the DS and the PSP? Yeah, and the character from Yggdra Union is the character who has a new story in Knights in the Nightmare, isn't it? That's right. So, total crossover. If you're a fan of this series of games, there you go. That's going to be great for you. So, look forward to that in November. And the next story is also one I'm going to hijack, because it's another series that I really like. Uh, Do tell. Ooh, uh, Raidy? No. Oh. Shut Rady, is that the Best dirty game? Don't, don't look <laughs> that game up. Do not purpose. look that game up. Everyone Google Rady right <laughs> now. Do not Google. Not safe for work. All right. <laughs> Google Rady losing to no. bosses. No, do not. Yeah, yeah, no. Okay. Explicit tag. <laughs> We're going to get in trouble again. All right, Rune Factory. Um, That's Rune your Factory ser- 2. This is the so- fantasy Harvest Moon stuff. Yes, Rune Factory 2, a fantasy Harvest Moon game. And we're uh, yes. doing a story on it because it's coming out in Europe? Yes. Wait. <laughs> okay. So uh, it's going to actually be published by Rising Star Games. I've never heard of them. Apparently they have some sort of feelers out in Europe. Maybe our pal audience can give us some feedback on the forums about whether they've played any Rising games. So this game's already out here, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So this is just for the you European listeners. So this right. makes you happy that you get to play Rune Factory 2. Right. So Rune be Factory happy. 2 has actually been out for a little while. I think it's like two years. Both of them. Yeah. So, yeah. 
So good be news happy. if you're good news if you're pal. Bad news if you're a Dragon Age fan because you downloaded what? the Witch Hunt DLC, um, and apparently, yeah. Depending on what you did with the quest called Dark Ritual near the end of Dragon Age Origins, the D- the Witch Hunt DLC that's supposed to wrap up Morgan's story may not respect the choices you made in that in that quest. Um, what, does it, it make fun of your choices? It makes a continuity bug. Like it'll completely oh. ignore something apparently rather significant that you chose to do. The way you said respect your choices, like what it ridicules you? Yeah, it ridicules you. Yeah. No, Why'd you no. pick that? What's wrong with you? Apparently it completely ignores and the world plays out as though you didn't make those choices or something like that. So or so is that like take the those quote, actions unquote, right or whatever it is. I guess so. I don't know. Um and they, they missed it and they just want to let you know they're gonna fix it. They're gonna patch it or something, and then you can go back to enjoying Witch Hunt without the glaring continuity hole that apparently is just rather blatant. They didn't say what it is because it would be a big spoiler apparently, so yeah, continuity's overrated. Continuity's overrated. But this is uh, this is uh, this wraps up Morgan's character art, which is apparently rather important because apparently she factors into Dragon Age Two. Ooh. Of course, none of your choices matter in Dragon Age Two. Well, we don't know for sure, but they did. They sure didn't focus on that right now, and how your choices would come over. I think that's more of a Mass Effect thing, but who knows. So, last news story? Last oh, news we need story. Michael for this. We do need Michael for this, and he's not available. Oh. So, who here likes Pokemon? Pokemon? <laughs> yeah. I like Nobody. Frumishin. Who likes Famitsu? I, I like uh, Front Mission. <laughs> you like Front Mission. Well, then I've got a game that isn't for you. So, uh, Pokemon Black and White. We've been talking about this game for a while. It's the new Pokemon game. Well, apparently it's out or close to being out in Japan because they reviewed it in Famitsu and it is now the 15th game that has gotten a perfect score from Famitsu the 6th in the last 2 years yeah so their scores seem to be going up but here's uh, here's what they say quote everything you see here the Pokemon in the townscapes is new from the infrared and Wi-Fi support to the website running alongside the game every type of online gameplay is possible and there are new features that take advantage of all of it there's only the smallest of connections with previous releases and while seeing the series make such a clear cut from the past may be a shame in some people's minds it allows all players to begin on the same starting line which is nothing short of thrilling um Honestly, from what I've seen on this game, I don't know how that can possibly be true because it seems like most of the game is what we've seen before. But um, that's very, very good praise because one of the things people have been complaining about Pokemon is like it's executed so very well, but it's time for some newness to happen. So now are you guys interested about Pokemon? Mm, A little bit. A little bit, I want to see it, but yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because that's true. I mean, it's like, I play Platinum, and it's not really that much different than the old black and white Game Boy version I played many dim moons ago. So let's see what happens. Okay, so I dazed 100%. What's new? (laughs) Uh, Online features, apparently. Uh, all, oh, a bunch right. of online features and the fact that you're basically everyone's starting with new Pokemon and they got to start leveling them up from scratch. Uh, to does, play online. Does, is there any word of any 3DS uh, enhancements at all? None. All right. I don't think this is going to be a 3DS game in any way. So I wouldn't look. Nintendo doesn't typically do that sort of stuff. Well, I mean, just like a couple of bonus features for early adopters of 3DS, nothing uh, like that. This game's going to come out before 3DS, so I don't think it's going to matter. Because, uh, you know, online features are nice and all, but when I still have to turn off all of my Wi-Fi security just to get online, I kind of don't care. <laughs> Maybe it'll be a DSi game that supports WPA. No, I'm not. A, they I, can I do wish. that. They can do that. I think. 
that have to be the DSi only game, right? Yeah, probably. Isn't it going? Is it going? To, oh, I don't know. See, that's the problem. Is like all these great new online features, but then who really uses Web anymore? I mean, my, my wireless router doesn't even support. Web I use Web right now just because I want my DS to be able to connect. <laughs> you know, I use Web one twenty eight, and I just deal with it because you know what? There's not that many people living around me who know how to Wi Fi hack, so I'm not really worried about it. Everyone go to Chris's neighborhood, free Wi Fi. Right, you go. You're not going to want to come to my neighborhood. <laughs> you come on, find me in Madison. Come to my neighborhood and Wi-Fi hack me, and then teach the neighbors how to be more technically savvy and not put garbage in my yard. That'd be very appreciated. I had a friend who would rather rather than try and you know do that, he would find unsecured Wi-Fi networks and then use the default password on their router and then change the SSID to something uh, inappropriate. Inappropriate. I wonder if they ever figured it out. That's just mean. Yes. Yes, it is. Next topic. <laughs> no, I'm out of topics. Um, I just want to leave uh, you with some feedback thoughts. Um, please, uh, actually, do you guys have anything to say that I missed? Just, do you uh, have a pick of the week, a pick of the show? Pick of the picks. Yes, picks are a good idea. Also, um, T- Final Fantasy Tactics War of the Lines. Apparently, people said it was going to be coming out like this week on iPhone. And Screenix has said officially, no, the game's not even done yet. Um, I don't know how that rumor got out there. So no, War of the Lines is not coming out for iPhone like this week or anything. But the, the screenshot looks pretty nice. Looks like they're handling it pretty well. Yeah, they look like they have some interesting, not well integrated as far as the graphics are concerned, um, interface for, with the game so far. But it does look pretty. So we'll see how yeah. it goes. Okay, so picks of the week. Manny, what do you got for me? Me? You go first. You're the one who went to well, PAX. You, you brought it up. Oh, uh, pick of PAX. Ooh. Yeah, you're like your big, your highlight of the show. Oh. Duke Nukem. <laughs> that one scene with the urinal and Duke Nukem, favorite thing at PAX. I'm going to go with Final Fantasy XIV. Um, honestly, coming out of the show with that demo and just seeing how different things look, um, I'm really excited to get more, ta- more time on it, and I'm actually more interested in Final Fantasy right now than Cataclysm. So um, mm. I'm oh, very, very big, interested right. to see where this is going to go. Uh, maybe it's not going to go anywhere, and I'm just too excited, and Square Enix will let me down again. But uh, I'm very excited about how that game's looking to be. What about you, Ed? What did you like at PAX most? You can't say Duke Nukem because you didn't see it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's um, so disappointed. <laughs> like, fine. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's funny because every year I forget when PAX is. I I, I know it sounds weird. But Pack is one of the things that just something that's like, oh yeah, that's this like this weekend, mm-hmm. and I so I pretty much went completely unprepared. You don't need to be prepared to say what you liked best what, from what you saw. <laughs> you didn't need to prepare beforehand, beforehand for that. What did you see? What did you like out of what you saw? What was the best? All right, Anna, what was your pick of the week? <laughs> We're going to let him no get away way. with it. No way. We're huh? keeping Ed in the hot spot. Pick something, no. Fox. Gaming tables. Gaming Actually, tables. yeah, that pretty See? much was, 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 was the highlight That's for me. That's fine. There you go. Perfect. Honestly, okay. other, other than EQ2, pen and paper stuff has been what I've mostly been doing lately. And that that was just awesome. <sighs> I don't know what to pick. I mean, you I... weren't even there. 
no, 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 no. I mean, just for my generic game of the week. Because, I mean, the rest of us do get to talk now. No, they don't. No, you don't. Shut so, up. Max, tell us more about it for two hours. No. no. You be quiet. <laughs> Anna, what's your pick for the week for people oh, oh that's not pack-related? What, what, did, what did we all play? We played that lollygoth schmuck. Death Smiles, and, right? And yeah. uh, you played Metroid. And met lots of Metroid and yeah. played New Super Mario Brothers, although Michael was a jerk. And yeah, but what's your pick? Us. What's your pick? Not what you play. <gasps> I'm, I'm just going through everything I played because I'm trying to pick something. We played lots of Dragon Quest Nine, and I actually read a lot this week. Oh, I actually really liked what I've played so far on Puzzle Quest Two. So there you go. I Somebody you guys likes are Puzzle Quest Two. Slaughter me for it, but nah. yeah, I'm gonna have to actually play play the game. Ooh, you need an so. Xbox or something? Or a are DS. you gonna get the DS version? Okay. I actually have it. I got it for my birthday, and I have. It's not even out of the shrink wrap yet. Oh, well, there you go. You should do that. So, anyways, Manny. Oh, um, let me see. I've been trying to wrap up Fallout 3 before New Vegas comes out. So I, I beat uh, October 16th, I think. Okay. Yeah, so I finally beat some of the DLC. I know, two years late to the party, but I beat the pit. <laughs> No one wow. even remembers. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I the the name sounds vaguely familiar. It's the one that takes place in Pittsburgh with the iron with the steel mill and everything. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I've been doing that, and um, since Halo Reach comes out tomorrow, I have that pre-ordered. I started to read that Ghost of Onyx book just for the hell Is of it. Is it any good? It's it's better than the StarCraft two book. Oh, okay. Yeah, apparently, what's his name? Eric Nyland can write a good. Uh, can write a good battle scene and the reason why i wanted to do is because apparently this the onyx book sort of directly references how these spartan threes were made and eric nyland is also the one if you pure well i ordered the limited edition not the one with the statue but the limited edition that comes with the halsey journal not the legendary edition oh the legendary there you go and uh the the Catherine halsey journal was written by eric nyland so i wanted to read one of his previous novels to see you know what he was like in this halo universe and how good of a writer he is is the uh, so the journal is that long? Oh yeah, it's pretty thick. Well, but you don't have it yet, do you? Oh, I saw lots of unboxes and stuff. Oh okay. It seems like, it, from what I understand, it's like lovingly handcrafted. Everything looks like it was handmade. Oh neat. So That's of nice. course you're not going to get it. I mean, you get most collectors editions, but I'm guessing you're not even going to buy this game. Um, I still have an unopened. Oh wait, no, I opened my copy of Halo Three just to to confirm that my discs are scratched. <laughs> okay. I did buy the what? limited edition of Halo Three, like back when what? it came out. And you never played it. I never played it, and I opened it up like a year later, just to like secure my discs and realize, yeah, I should have done that earlier because the discs are scratched. <laughs> so it was too late to exchange them. Kind of made me sad. So I'm gonna have to in- hope I can install it and just play off the well, hard drive, even though they say just, not to know, do that. <laughs> videotape the unboxing, and you'd be like. See, I even videotaped and broadcast the unboxing. I only just opened it. With a newspaper or something? Like, yeah. That'd be funny. But no, no, Microsoft suspended that program. It's like, yeah, you waited too long, Chris. <laughs> it's okay. Um, they have the anti-Chris program? No, I could just get a used copy of the game disc. It doesn't matter. At this point, the uh, limited edition stuff is fine. So it's just the uh, the game disc that's bad. So you find one for three dollars or something somewhere, because yeah, should be cheap. Uh, yeah. Uh, what about Phil? Does he have a pick for us or a deal? 
<laughs> oh, I didn't look up the deals. Like, but uh, uh, as far as a pick, um, to be honest, I've been so so busy. I haven't really had time to sit down, really play a game. Well, it's been uh, two weeks, pick- so you have lots of time. You would think you really would, uh, but my pick of the week is Super Smash Brother Brawl on the Wii Aww. because the eleven overs, the eleven year olds come over. I sit them in front of that. Wait, and what? I sit it's, it's, Phil? it's the great baby. Phil, it's the why are eleven year olds coming to your house? That's what I'm about to say. Oh, because I, I, I'm a big brother. I'm in the Big Brother program. Okay, oh, is that okay. what they call it? Sometimes okay. no, the, the little brother comes over right. with his friends. All right. And I sit them in front of the Wii with Super Smash Brother. They make you uh, do a background check to join that, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, among other things. Okay. Yeah. So make you, sure there's no one in your family. Things. What the heck are they doing to you to make sure you're safe, man? All right, all right. So you're telling me 11-year-old boy sitting in front of your Wii. Go on. Oh. <laughs> I invited an 11-year-old to play with my he Wii. Said you said it. You said it. You I'm said so it. glad we're ending this show on a high note. Ooh. <laughs> Went there. Shut up! All right, so you like the fact that they can just play brawl, and if they do, if they, they just and they're playing it in the same it. house, so there's no lag, so that helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried playing <laughs> brawl multiplayer once. Yeah, do you remember when we RPG casted a multiplayer oh, yeah. brawl game? Yeah, oh, that yeah. was oh, terrible. That. That, yeah. <laughs> that didn't go oh, yeah. so well. No, it didn't go Not so, well. so much. No, not so much. Especially in audio, it was a stupid idea. Now we could kind of do it for the live viewers at least, but um, yeah. Oh, we should have done it when we were all together in Seattle. Um, yeah, but <gasps> the problem is Michael is so completely like, oh, that game is completely unbalanced. I don't, have, I don't give it any more of my time or attention. Oh, it's like he can't. Like every other Smash Brothers is completely unbalanced. So I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I enjoyed Brawl. It's a fun game. He's just I will being even snippy. say I really enjoyed the single player campaign. Yeah, he's just being a bit. Yeah, um, me too. It was so random it. and nonsensical, but it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. And then, yeah. And then you uh, unlock all the people the hard way. But then, once I finished the single player, I didn't really play it anymore. Yeah. So. Oh well, I it, you know it was it was had so much fan service in it though, and I appreciated that. I just wish that it more came from service. it than that. I wish the game was more popular because of that, because it was such a well done thing for the fans. It's just the online sucked so much. They just fix that or use one of those good online systems like they use for Street Fighter 2 and stuff. Hmm. Ooh, well. One day. One day. One day we're going to have online ghetto. One day we're going to have another show, and for that show, I'd like your feedback. So uh, here's a few ways to get in contact with us. You can tweet at us. We're on twitter.com slash rpgamer. You can email us at podcast at rpgamer.com. You can send us an MP3 attachment. We'll play it on the air. You can call us at, uh, what's our number, 608... Uh, four nine eight seven four eight nine. Is that it? Let's see if I'll I got take it right. Take your word for it. Yeah. Uh, no. Six zero eight seven two nine four zero nine eight. I got that totally you can wrong. Six zero eight. Talk too much, but don't talk enough. Yeah. Six zero eight seven two nine four zero nine eight. I got no voicemails over the past two weeks. You need to send me some voicemails, people. Oh my god! Come on. No voicemails. I need some voicemails. Um, Chris or some emails. Cried on my I cried. lap. I cried. It was very sad. Yeah. Why don't they like our show? Yeah, send us some voice. There's so many things to talk about. What are you excited about for TGS? What do you yep. think of I don't know Apple's Game Center? What do you think of Project? Did you Wars? go to PAX? What did you? like about it what didn't you like about it exactly and did you try to talk to chris and he blew blew you off like a jerk you know you were such a snob i mean like a jerk 
you should have seen how many people he turned away at E3. He had like 10 fans come up to Chris and wanted his autograph. He said, forget it. Get away from me. Screw you guys. Uh, I'm, be- I'm better than you now. That's what I told them. You don't, you don't talk to me address- directly. You talk to, talk to Nancy, then she'll talk to Manny, and then he can talk to me. That's what I told him. Oh, but first I need approval from Michael. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyways. And, by, and bring me a Korean uh, quesadilla while you're at it. Mm, I'm hungry. Yeah, I was very hungry. We ate good. We ate at Nishino's. It was very good. <laughs> oh, oh, right, right. Was I was wrapping up the show, wasn't I? So um, th- leave us your feedback. Also catch the show live, uh, seven, uh, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, every Saturday, except for the last two. Um, and uh, also, you know, catch us on the boards at board.rpgamer.com. And the latest update section of the forum is where this show's thread usually hangs out. And, of course, rpgamer.com slash rpgcast. But you probably know that because you found the show. So that's all I got for you. You guys have any, any last words? Yeah. yeah. If, um, where can we find some of your videos from the PAX show? RPG, uh, YouTube.com slash rpgamer.com. R-P-G-A-O-T-C-O-M. Some of them are on the front game of our site, so just go to rpgamer.com and scroll down. They should be there. Totally it, right? And the Torchlight interview will be going up like tomorrow or something like that. Yay! I, I did a crappy video of the guy doing uh, I Want to Rule the World. I recorded on my cell phone the audio crap, but we should totally throw it up. It's yeah, we should. Yes, you yeah, should. should. Yep. YouTube.com. Awesome. I, I tell you the password, but that would be bad to Put on the air, so yeah, yeah, kind of. You know, we, we, we can we can make arrangements later. Okay, we'll do that later. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of later, it's really late. We're gonna wrap up. Thanks for listening, and we will see you all next uh, this upcoming Saturday for our next show. We love Thanks. listening, talk to you here, and we will look forward to seeing you again. Bye, everybody. Bye. Remember each. Don't forget to put up the photos on Facebook too. Bye-bye. Wait, 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 wait! I forgot something really important at the end of the show. Sarah Williams, our very own Sarah, Sarah Williams, was up at. Anime Expo, and she got us an interview with Tony Oliver, who you may know is a voice director for many uh, localized JRPGs that you know and love, as well as a bunch of animes. And she got us an interview, and we're going to play it right here. Please listen to it. It's going to be awesome. So listen to it right now. This is Sarah Williams at Anime Expo. I'm here interviewing Tony Oliver, who has voice directed many, many JRPGs such as Magna Carta 2, Rune Factory Frontier, Avalon Code, Dot Hack GU 2 and 3, Rondo of Swords, and Summon Knight. He's also voice directed anime. He has 107 voice credits on imdb.com. He's also a producer and a story editor and a writer. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. So, I think first question, obvious one, is how did you get into directing for GIRPGs in, in general? Well, in, into the, the GRPGs, um, it kind of was a natural extension from directing anime. Um, it just so happened that, that as uh, RPGs got more uh, popular and uh, as expensive as they are to develop, that, that more and more got brought over from Japan. And so people like me, who had experience uh, directing anime and adapting anime into English, uh, we're kind of tapped in to do that, so we kind of got lucky. Plus, this, it, for, in terms of acting, it's the same basic skill set that you need to do anime. Um, the way I got into directing originally was just kind of a natural extension of my acting. I had started, um, I started as a stage actor and eventually kind of moved into voice acting, mostly because, you, know, you know, people wanted my voice and not my face. And, um, yeah, well, you know. And, um, 
And as I, as I grew in that, I kind of started to want to do more and more and, and started to find some opportunities. I actually started adapting before I started directing. So I was adapting scripts into English from Japanese. And uh, that kind of taught me the basic skills. And uh, I was working at Saban Entertainment as a story editor on their anime shows. And uh, a director got sick, and so I stepped in and, and uh, found out I could do it and, and really enjoyed it and, and have pursued it pretty strongly ever since. So, I understand you do some theater work and have been trained in theater. Now, do you think that helps you in directing in any way, being in that environment? Well, um, actually the other way around. The, the directing helps the theater. Uh, theater, Look, theater is an important thing. It's the basis of all performing. It's the basis of all acting. It's the oldest form of entertainment that there is. And so, as an actor, it was really important for me to learn from the theater. That's where I come from. And interestingly enough, the, 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 the skills that you need to work on stage are the same skills that you need in the booth. So I like that efficiency, you know, that we can, you know, kind of combining things. And so I've continued to do, when I can, I continue to do theater. In fact, I'm doing a musical right now, um, not this very moment, but tonight at <laughs> a theater in Hollywood, um, uh, just to kind of keep my skills up. Um, what, what, what theater does help in terms of directing is theater is a live story. It's live storytelling. And what a director predominantly is, whether it be games or film or television or anything else, what a director first and foremost is is a storyteller. So any chance you can get to tell a story in, a, in an interesting way helps you as a performer and as a director and as an artist in general. Okay. So what do you think the difference is between having to direct an anime and having to direct a game? Well, the process is a little different. Um, anime direction is all about... Um, kind of pulling the story together. We're, we're watching the Japanese as we go. We're trying to match the, the general emotional feel of everything. We have lip flaps we have to deal with, so there's a lot of technical stuff involved in, in anime acting. Uh, and in, as a director, I have to pay attention to those things as well as guide the, the actor through their performance so that it makes sense as a whole uh, once it's all put together. Game's a little different. Gaming is, a, is, is, first of all, there's a lot more dialogue in games, uh, whereas a, an average anime half an hour might have... Uh, 405 lines in it. Um, the, the smallest RPG I've directed this year had 7,000 lines in it. So it, it, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a difference in scale, if nothing more. But also, um, we're, we're working a lot less with picture. Uh, very rarely do we work with picture. Um, most often, uh, we're, we're just dealing with, with what's called recording wild, where we're, we're just recording the lines, the dialogue to tape. And uh, sometimes we have to get it in a certain time frame. So we move a lot faster. Um, also, it's because the actor has less context, um, the director has to really guide a lot more in terms of how the performance should go and, and in which direction um, the, the actor should take the character. Um, the acting uh, has to be a little bit deeper, I think, in, in RPGs because they don't have the benefit of the picture. So it's a little harder for the actor to play those layers that, that you have to play to get you know, the, the really good characters. They're multi-layered. They're not one-dimensional. Um, so that's, that's some of the differences. We, we move a lot faster. There's a lot more technical stuff involved in gaming on the, on, the, on the engineering side and on the directing side and a lot more technical stuff for the actor on the anime side. Okay. So what do you think has been the most difficult game to direct? The most difficult, the difficult game I've directed? Um, I think it's going to have to have been Magna Carta 2. Um, we were just, uh, it was such a large game. I mean, the, the scale of it was, was huge. 
And um, I, I do most of my directing at Bang Zoom Entertainment, and uh, they were just developing the, the automated systems that they use now in order to make recording efficiently. So a lot of it was being done manually. And what I mean by that is, is when you do, a, when you do a, an anime, when you deliver the final product, you're just delivering one long track that's 30 minutes long that has everything and it syncs up to picture. When you deliver a game, you have to deliver each and every line of dialogue as a separate file. So if the game has 12,000 lines, you have 12,000 files that you have to do, and each one has to be named properly, and each one has to be placed in the right place, and that takes a little bit of time. Plus, uh, it, was a, it was an intense story, a really intense and layered story uh, that, was, that was trying to take from the original game that had occurred years before, but, but then in reinvent itself into something, you know, something quite new. And the character interactions were so important that we really had to spend a lot of time on those to make sure that that the characters really kind of work together within the context of this massive story. Um, uh, fortunately, I had really good actors, and, um, and, and I had a good script to work with. So, uh, but that was really the most challenging one, I think. So do you, pref- do you have a preference for either writing, editing, producing, directing, or voice acting? Depends on the day of the week. <laughs> of course. Um, I, I, I like, uh, look, I, I started as an actor. It's always my first love. It's kind of where I live, which is why I still do theater and things like that. Um, uh, as a director, I get to tell stories, and, and I get to tell people what to do. <laughs> so, so that's fun. I, 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 creatively, I really enjoy that. Producing has its own fun, especially because I, I, I produce mostly live. When I produce, it's live action. I produce Power Rangers and some movies and things like that. Um, there, you, you get to be the master storyteller, really. You get to tell the director what to do. But more than that, um, you, you get to be kind of in on it, the whole thing. It's kind of that backstage, who want to be behind the scenes. Being a producer is the ultimate behind-the-scenes job. So it depends. I, I really like those. The things I actually like least is writing. Um, but it's one of those things where um, when I'm writing, I'm hating it. And when I'm done, I'm so happy I did it. So it's a, it's a labor of love. I, it's, it's part of the storytelling, but it's the hardest. It's the most difficult for me. But, you know, you do what you do. Okay. So have you ever had a time when you've had to, like, triple duty, quadruple duty, or, like, do all five of the things listed that you've done have credits for? Yes. Yes, I've had to a few times. I try not to. The problem is when you try to do too much, you end up not doing each job very well. So um, I think the last time I did this was on, um, I did uh, 16 episodes of Hello Kitty's Paradise for mm-hmm. Fox Family. And uh, I was producer, director, and script writer, although I ended up uh, kind of contracting some of the scripts out because I just, I just was running, you know, I, I was running around in circles. I'm trying to direct an actor, and the guy in the mix room is calling me saying, I need a new sound effect, and, and it's just, you know, going around. So, yeah, I've had to do it. I, I don't recommend it. Um, but, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. So, this is for my own indulgence, but you've done some voice acting in games, too. So, mm-hmm. and the big popular one, Blaze Blue. Tell me a little bit about Bang Bang. Well, Bang, it's got to be one of the most fun characters. I, I, I had no idea what I was walking into, literally. Uh, they, they, they cast me. I mean, very often they, we don't even know the name of the, of the project we're working on until we walk in the door. So I had no idea what I was, whether it was a game or, or whatever. And they give me this character, and I see him, and we kind of work out a voice. And they didn't tell me a lot about him, except he was a little larger than life. And as I'm going through the script, and, and it was a pretty onerous script, pretty large. I, I, we worked a lot of days on just that one character. Um, I started to realize this guy's really out there. And, um, and so I started playing him more and bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, and you get to the point where you're, you're just reading off the script. The, the, the lines go into your eyes, and they process and come right back out your mouth in character. 
uh, as an actor, you, you hope for the days you can get to that. And so I'm going down the page, and, I, and, and suddenly I, I realize that I had just said, we're going to have a bang, spanking good time. And I'm like, <laughs> look at the director. Did, did I really say that? I mean, is that... So he's fun because he's so big and he's so over the top and he's all about chivalry in a really strange way, except when it comes to Miss Lychee, who treats him like crap. And, <laughs> and, um, and, and although I, 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 don't, I haven't played the game, so I don't know how, how the story integrates quite as well, but if, uh, the, 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 the cut scenes in the movie stuff are very funny and it's really one of the funniest things. And it really shocked me last year when I went to the very first Blaze Blue panel and I just was inundated by people. I, I didn't realize how how popular this game was, and um, and I'm really happy to to have just done the second installment. Uh, we just completed, and uh, we'll be out soon. If it's anything like Guilty Gear, they're they're going to keep cranking out more and more, and you'll get to keep coming back. So, not so much of a gamer yourself. Uh, no, I, I I have I'm I'm no thumbs rather oh. than all thumbs. I you know I uh, I've done a couple of games where where my voice is in it and plays prominently in like level twelve, <laughs> and I can't get past four. It's just one of those things, you know. Some people are good at one thing, and I'm not good at games. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Thank you very much. This is Sarah Williams at Anime Expo. Thanks for listening.